Throughout history, free thinkers have outraged the religious with their wacky ideas about the virtues of free speech, reason, and of course, eating babies. Now, God is dying, and it's time to dispose of his remains. From the pits of hell, Satan sends two puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment with Ali Rizwi and Armin Navabi. Welcome everybody to another episode of Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment. My name is Ali Rizvi. I'm the author of The Atheist Muslim, A Journey from Religion to Reason. And with me is Armin Navabi, who you all know is the founder of Atheist Republic, the largest online platform in the world for atheists, actually. And it's got 1.8 million people and, and growing. And uh, he's also the author of a great book called Why There Is No God, which is constantly in the top 10 uh, on Amazon in the atheism uh, section. So, Armin, hello. Hi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a terrible hello. I, don't know. <laughs> yeah, I need to figure out a way to do this. We do this yeah. so much, it's awkward, like as if we're trying to make it exciting, but we talk so much that it's not exciting for us. So, it's, it's not fake. exciting. What do you, how, why would you say that? <laughs> it's like super exciting. I could, I could push doors open with my nipples right now. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, baby. <laughs> I should have held back there. I no filter today. Uh, so, so I'm going to introduce our guest. Our guest is like so. This, this guy's a, a friend of mine from a very long time ago. He's one of. Uh, he's actually my favorite ex-Muslim activist. So he's. Um, I, I find him super, super inspiring, and um, he heads. A, he was a founder of a group uh, called Muslimish, which is a place for both. Uh, ex-Muslims and questioning Muslims to come together in a secure environment and, and have a dialogue. And at their, at their first conference uh, that, that I spoke at, at least, uh, which was in New York uh, in June, I think, 2016, um, he did this speech where he just held up a Quran. And we're going to put a link to the speech in the description. And, and he just held up a Quran and he said, this is Islam. He's like, people will tell you all these other things are Islam. This is not Islam. This is, but this is Islam. He said it. We were all looking over our shoulders to make sure that nobody's blowing this place up. But um, it, was, it was really wild. It was a super exciting speech. It was super inspiring. And we were all totally, totally riled up. So, Ibrahim Abdullah, welcome to the Secular Jihadist. I'm really glad to have you here, man. I, so, how do you pronounce it? Like, Kifak or Kefak? Ibrahim Abdullah. Or Abdullah in Arabic, like my Egyptian. So, how do you say, how are you? Is it Kefak or Kefak? Zayak. Kefak is Lebanese. In Egypt, we say Zayak. Zayak, okay. Well, in, in, in Saudi Arabia, it was Kefahaluka. Kefahaluk, yeah. It's a little different from each country. But I know, I know it all now. I have, like, now I have friends from almost every single Muslim country in the world, which I didn't have when I was yeah. Muslim. <laughs> Yeah, so so in in the past, one of our uh, the, one of the episodes that we really enjoyed that Armin and I did was with uh, Noura Mbabi, who was, who was the president of Muslim yes. your organization, um, and yes. we had a really good dialogue. We heard a little bit about the organization, but um, so so we heard what the organization kind of stands for from her, uh, which is cool. But uh, with you, I want to kind of go beyond that and just ask how you came up with the idea because you're one of the founders of it. Um, so how did that come about? How did the idea come to you? What inspired you to put it together? Well, 
it, there was just no such thing. There was no place for people who uh, left Islam or had issues with Islam to uh, discuss these ideas. These ideas, I grew up in Egypt. So uh, I moved to the United States when I was about 23, 24. So I really like had almost, and I, I, I used to travel during that time, but I spent my formative years in Egypt and, and, and we, there, this conversation is basically against the law. There are certain things you can't talk about. And one of them is to criticize religion. So uh, after moving to the United States and after like, you know, living here for a while, I, uh, once I changed my opinion about, you know, the, the, what I, I, I stopped being religious. I stopped being superstitious. I, uh, changed my mind about the divine intervention, uh, theory, basically that like there's no divine intervention in the world. And, and, uh, I just, you know, I couldn't talk to anyone about it when I, when I spoke to, when I, when I started hinting, didn't even like come out. Right away, when I started hinting to my friends that I grew up with, I was faced with a lot of like, you know, first subtle threatening and pushback. And, uh, you know, I'm not someone who was easily intimidated. So I, I usually, when, when someone pushes back against me, I push harder. And that just ended up because it ended up that I, I, I ended up telling people that I don't agree with these ideas. I don't believe these ideas anymore. I, I think they're wrong. And uh, I lost all my network, basically. I lost my original network that I grew up with uh, of friends and family. Well, not, not all family, but a lot of, you know, friends and family. There are some people that I'm still in touch with, but the big majority of people stopped talking to me, basically. They, were, they started an active boycott campaign to, like, not talk to me. And, uh, and I was okay. I mean, I, I, I lived in a different country. I didn't, I didn't really affect me, but I didn't have this, uh, of friends and, and I kind of needed that. I missed that, I guess. And, uh, I, and, and once I met someone else, it, it really started, uh, once I met someone else by chance who was from India and he, like me, didn't, you know, stopped believing in the divine nature of, of the Quran and Islam. And once we met each other, we like, we couldn't stop talking. Like we, we met and, uh, we started talking. We had like a very engaging conversation. It, it lasted hours and, uh, it made me want to meet others. It made me want to experience that again. And, 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 and I learned a lot from this conversation and I felt that, well, these people, we need to learn from each other. We need to talk to each other, we need to be we need to be able to have a space where we present our ideas, and eventually, being able to uh, promote these ideas among others and attract people who have similar tendencies, similar ideas, similar thoughts to create a front, basically, or to create uh, some sort of of, of uh, counter force to the majority conservative Muslim community it's majority conservative i mean even if people are not conservative there's always the one conservative guy in each muslim group that keeps the group on the straight path and you know he's self-appointed usually and everybody uh, nobody nobody challenges this guy and uh that guy ruins every single muslim group that i've seen there's you know because uh, i've tried before i started muslimish i've tried to go to like Muslim groups, and there was always, even if, there, if it had intelligent people, there was always some like really religious guy 
And uh, whenever that guy spoke, nobody challenged him. They, you know, they just, they, they accepted his, his uh, you know, the authority that he gave himself. And they just, nobody challenged him. And I just wanted to, like, to, find, to find a space where we can, where people can meet and have conversation without that influence, without that conservative voice being there, threatening people subtly and telling them, well, you shouldn't say this because you don't understand what the consequences are for this. And without you, you know, so, and having that space now that, because we've had that space since for a while now, and, and I've grown with that space. I, uh, it, it helped me personally grow and it helped okay. me. Uh, yeah. Can I ask you, can I ask you a question? So you, when you're holding up the Quran, right. And you're telling, um, I saw the video that Ali mentioned at the beginning and you're saying this is Islam, right? Uh, yes. I wanted, um, what made you feel, t- uh, you want to say that, like, why do you think that you have to mention that the Quran is represents Islam? And also, uh, what would you say to people that is, no, Islam is more than just the Quran. Uh, Islam is also a lot of hadith. Um, so it's the Sunnah also. No, also, also Islam is, no, it's a, a community. It's a culture. It's an, yeah, identity. it's an identity. It so how would you respond to that? That's true. Okay, well, there are different, like, you know, Islam as a faith, Islam as a system of belief, it really is, uh, it stands on one leg, and that's the Quran. Mm. Uh, And uh, in my opinion, I'm a very, like, black and white kind of guy. I'm not a very subtle personality. I am, uh, so uh, to me, at least my understanding when I was Muslim, because I grew up Muslim, but I did not, well, okay, let me start by saying that when one of my earliest memories of thinking about the issue of of religion and and creation is uh, oh, sorry, yeah, i'm you, saying you, that uh armin yeah can you say uh, sorry uh ibrahim can you say that again one one of your first um things of uh one of my first memories that i remember about me thinking of the issue of uh philosophy and and religion is that uh, because to me, as a child growing up, I thought that was the most important question to answer, because why are we here? To me, it was like, well, if we don't understand why we're here, and what are we doing, and what is the purpose, then everything else is just, you know, minutiae. It's, it's little things that, that, we, we, we are, that life just, uh, get, you know, um, we get busy with these small things without, and we just keep going on everyday business without thinking about really why do we do the things we do. And if we ending what where the world comes from and our purpose in the world is, I think, very important for each person individually to, to, to come up with that for themselves or to try to come up with an idea of what their existence means. So how, does that relate to, so how does that relate to why the Islam is only just the Quran and nothing more? It relates because uh, I didn't want to be Muslim simply because uh, growing up in Egypt, I had, a, you know, like we were exposed to other religions like Christianity, for example, is the other big religion in Egypt. And I had a Christian friend. And the idea that I could have been Christian if my parents were Christian, was ve- I was very aware of that thought, that I could have very simply become Christian if my parents were Christian. And then would I be defending Christianity and saying that it's the right religion? 
and that Islam is wrong? If, I, if my parents were Christian? Probably. So I was aware of that from an early age. And I wanted to, I wanted to convince myself that I'm Muslim because Islam is correct, not because uh, my parents are Muslim. So to me, I, I, I questioned Christianity and I questioned that, you know, I, I started studying Christianity and it, and it seemed very wrong to me. It, it was very easily dismissed versus Islam, which brings me to the to your question. I'm sorry it took me so long to get there. But it's that for me, Islam is the only religion that has solid evidence, or at least that's what I thought, is that it's, it had the Quran. It had like a physical thing that we can examine and 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 test and uh, and that's that that's that islam's miracle islam itself claims that other prophets had came before muhammad and they brought their miracles like moses the eater you know he had magic he turned his stick into a snake and jesus he turned water into wine and walked on water but these were only miracles that people around Mo, you know who've seen them can see you know can can uh get the effect or get the benefit of seeing the miracle. It, it's not something that people in later generations or in different, you know, locations around the world can, can test to, uh, you know, to test the, you know, the truth of the claim that this book is from the creator of the universe. Like, like with Quran, for example, Quran is Muhammad's miracle. It's very simple in my head. Muhammad you know, came into his people and said, I'm prophet. They say, no, you're not a prophet. Prove you're a prophet. And he said, this is the proof. The proof is Quran. Muhammad claimed that the proof that he's a prophet was the Quran. So this is a piece of evidence that we have today that all Muslims agree on, that Sunnah and Shia agree on. Sunnah and Shia don't agree on Hadith. They agree on the Quran. Everybody agrees. And that's, it's, it's basically, if you're Muslim, you have to, you have to, believe that Quran is the creation from a divine being. Otherwise, you're not Muslim, basically, you know, in, in my mind, at least. Yeah, right. I, I think that that's the, um, the sorry, I, know, I was going to say, I think, I think that's the main idea that regardless of sect or faction throughout the Muslim world, that throughout all of the different Islamic sort of um, uh, factions, the, the only thing that everybody agrees on uh, is the Quran. So the, the you know the Sunni have a source of hadith that is different. Uh, the Shia have a source of hadith that comes from the family of Muhammad, which is different from what the Sunnis go for, which is the Sahaba. Um, the uh, all all of the uh, the the Ismailis have the their spiritual leader, the Aga Khan. Uh, the uh, Ahmadis have their own. You know, every, all of these different sects have their own leader. But the only thing that ties all of them that everybody agrees is the common denominator. Uh, is the Quran. Quran. I think that's one of the points that you made. Actually, there's three things, I think. I think there's three things that uh, they all agree on. One is Allah is God. Uh, Second, Muhammad is the prophet of God. And the third thing is that the Quran is a direct word of God. And I think it's not a no true Scotsman's fallacy if you say anybody that doesn't agree with these things is not a Muslim, because this is the most inclusive definition of a Muslim. If you remove this, then there is no such thing as Muslim. 
I think that then any if if anybody if if there is no definition for the word Muslim, then it doesn't mean anything at all. And it's not a tr- if if I say if you don't drink enough, you're not a Scotsman, then that's a no true Scotsman fallacy. But if I say if you have never been born in Scotland and if your parents are not Scottish and if you haven't been to Scotland, then you're not a Scottish, then that's not a no true Scotsman fallacy, right? So there needs to be a definition for the word Muslim. And I think believing in the word Quran as the word of direct word of God. I've talked to some of the most uh, accepting Muslims, Ahmadi Muslims, or every, uh, that uh, that want the umbrella to be as large as possible. And even they agree that if you don't believe in the Quran as a direct word of God, then you're not a Muslim, right? So that's why I think you're let right me, to say. Let me tell you something. Let me mm-hmm. tell you something. That, that this is my definition. But I've met, I've met a lot of Muslims who call themselves Muslims, but they don't think the Quran is the word of God. Mm-hmm. I've met these people. Uh, me too, especially in the last 10 years. I've, I've met these people. So I, I know they, like, just because you and I have this definition that's actually closer to the Daesh definition of who a Muslim is, our definition is closer to Daesh. But, yeah. you know, these just, people, just, uh, they just don't... Just the listeners who don't know, Daesh is the Arabic word for ISIS. Sorry, say that again. I don't like what this is, <laughs> I don't like to no, call okay, it ISIS. Okay, can you can you clarify what you're saying? What is closer to Daesh? To ISIS? Our opinion, the opinion that that if you don't that that if you you, ha- you have to believe that there, Allah is the creator of the universe, Muhammad is the prophet, and the Quran is the word of the of the universe. That is the extremist definition of who a Muslim is. That's not that and, and you and I, you and I agree no. with that definition. I, I know, I know, but that's but actually what I'm saying um, is, that's not an extremist definition. What I'm saying is there are some people who are who consider themselves Muslim okay. who might might not, you know, fi- you know, fulfill all these three things. I know, but first, okay, can I respond to that? Because first of all, that's not the extremist version definition of Muslim. That's actually the most inclusive definition of a Muslim. Extremist definition of Muslims include people that say that if you drink alcohol, you're not a Muslim. If you don't pray, you're not a Muslim. If you don't fast during Ramadan, you're not a Muslim. If you don't cover your head as a woman, you're not a Muslim. Though, you know, there's a... The, more extreme people have a very a huge list of things that you have to qualify for for you to be a Muslim. This definition of these three is the most inclusive definition of a Muslim. No, Second of all, because I, there are people who are Muslim. Doesn't matter what people say. Doesn't matter what people. But doesn't matter how people. Muslim. No, no. So, no, no, uh, so I, I wanna, no, no. Let me yeah. let me clarify. If somebody comes to me and says, "I I believe in God," and I identify as an atheist. And I tell them you could do whatever the fuck you want, but you can't. And you could call yourself an atheist, but you can't change the definition of the word atheist. The rest of us are going to still use the word atheist for people that don't believe in God. If somebody comes and says, I think Jesus was not God and he was just a guy with good messages, but I identify as a Christian. I'm going to tell them it's so they can do that. We can never stop some people from identifying as what they want, right? I could I could identify as a helicopter. That doesn't change the definition of a helicopter, okay? But I think that if if you remove the most basic the uh, requirements for the word was for somebody to define to for the definition of the word muslim, if you just remove all of that, then the word muslim 
means nothing at all. Mm-hmm. If a so, word can mean so, anything, it means nothing. So, so here's I'm in, here's where I kind of uh, so this is this is weird because I actually do agree with that. I think that the word Muslim has a definition, and that definition is someone who believes in God, the Quran, and Muhammad, right? So, generally, and it mainly like just really the, the Quran assumes that pre-assumes that you know God is a creator of the universe, Allah, and uh, you know Muhammad is a messenger. So basically, if they believe in the Quran, they're, they're Muslim. Now, here, here's uh, the thing where, where it comes to a contextual definition, where people now, like as opposed to 1400 years ago, you know, now you have people who are assuming the word Muslim as an identity. Right, so whereas you have one definition of Muslim, or the main, the real definition of Muslim, which is someone who believes in Islam, but now you have a lot of people, and we can't get away from this, is we've got a lot of people who say that they're Muslim, but they believe the Quran is divinely inspired. They believe that okay, God didn't write it, Muhammad wrote it, but it's still divinely inspired. So I still believe in most of the messages, and a lot of these people they consider themselves Muslim. And there's another thing that I think, Ibrahim, when we did that panel together... you say a lot, you're misrepresenting... It's a, it's a bit of a misrepresentation of the numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, are the, we are people that are actively looking for these uh, extreme cases. And the, any, anybody that says they're Muslim and they think maybe the Quran is not the direct word of God, this is such a fringe group of minority of Muslims that yeah, even like, you know how people say terrorists are a fringe minority of Muslims, which is true. This is even a f- you know, a fraction of that number. No, right? I, I, that right now, if you take a cross section of the present, you're right now. But if you and you're talking even in even in Western countries, you guys are looking at Muslims in Western countries, right? Yeah, you you're right. Our, 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 yeah. Tiny minority. Yes, it's a whole different. Go back to talking about the Middle East. Yeah, but if you go back in time, and I just want to give another analog, is that if you look at the way that the Torah was revealed, or the Torah was revealed to Moses at Mount Sinai at the Tabernacle. Uh, by God himself, it was a literal word of God, and the vast majority of Jews for centuries and centuries and centuries believed that this was a literal word of God. And then later now, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later, you have people like Reformed Jews, like, no, it's not written by God, or we're still going to call ourselves Jews. Some are like, okay, well, we're not religious Jews. And others are like, no, we are religious Jews, but we'd like the Reformed Jews, we believe, but at right. the same time, we don't think it's... All right. so what I'm saying is, uh, let me just finish uh, the thought, is that even though um, at this point in time, there's a lot of people who don't believe this, it is a possibility, just the way that religions evolve, evolve the same thing with Christianity, just the way that they evolve is over time, it is very possible for people to start saying that, okay, this is a divinely inspired book. And a lot of young Muslims I see in here in North America, even the religious ones, um, uh, in, at least in North America, the case overseas, but North America, many, many of them say, yeah, it's, it's divinely inspired. I, I have problems with the Quran. There's some flaws right. in it. In, in, um, in hundreds of thousands of years, once the, or in hundreds or a few thousand years, once people manage to change the definition of Muslim, then that's then we'll use that definition of Muslim. But current and language is by usage, right? If a few oh. group of people come and change, they're like, oh, I'm going to call uh, cats dogs and I'm going to call dogs cats. 
that's not going to make the definitions different. I, I, I agree with you. But when it, it comes but to but the linguistic. start a campaign and all of a sudden a whole bunch of people agree to switch the, uh, their words uh, together and a lot of, they get maybe in a hundred years, then okay, we'll adopt their um, definitions because they managed to get other people on board. Currently, cats are cats and dogs are dogs. They People have tried to do this with the word God as well because uh, a lot of people that stopped believing in God, they weren't ready to let go of God. So they're like, oh, God is just love. God is energy. God is this and that. And like, okay, we don't need uh, the word God because energy, or we already have a word for it. It's called energy. Love is, or we already have a word for it. It's called love. You're just confusing the shit out of people because when people when other people use the word god they're talking about the conscious creator of the universe so you guys are not helping the communication you're just ma- you're just making it uh, you're just adding to the number of people that call themselves believers where you're not when you don't believe in a conscious creator of the universe and you're not helping getting rid of this fucking insane idea of a conscious creator of the universe so muslim muslims that think they're muslims but don't believe that this this fucking psychotic book could be written by any loving creature that created us. Uh, if they say like, well, I'm still going to call myself a Muslim, but I don't think maybe this book is horrible. So maybe it wasn't written. You're not helping, right? Because you're helping. Yes, they are. No, 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 they're not. They're absolutely helping. I mean, mm-hmm. say okay, what you want, but these people are intelligent people. They're doing the right thing. They want to keep something stupid. they like about it. I didn't say they're stupid. Mm-hmm. I didn't well, say, they're say they can't call themselves Muslims. I di- no, I didn't say they can't. They can they call can. themselves whatever they want. And that's that's the thing, thing, Armin. The what idea, the question isn't whether they are Muslims according to the word or not. The question is, can they call themselves Muslims? Of course, I, started be- by, I started by saying we can't force them to call themselves what we want them to. Ex- exactly. So th- th- that's, We don't want to force them to do anything. Of course. They're, they're our allies. Of course. So, no, and okay, they yeah. are the best people that we can work with. No, no, no. So we, like, let's not start by saying that you don't call yourself that. They can call themselves whatever they want. No, you're, yeah. when I disagree with somebody, people are saying, who are you to force people? And like, wait, wait, when did my disagreement mean that I'm going to force them to do otherwise? Yeah, so here's, you're here's saying the thing. They can't, you can't call yourself that because you're not I, that. No, I started well, from the very beginning that saying they can, and I disagree with them. Just, but because, that doesn't, okay. just because I disagree with them, that doesn't mean that I could. So Armin, here's a, here's a question. Of calling yourself a Muslim. If we got to the point, you know, you're saying that when we get to the point where the, you know, a hundred years, whatever, or maybe it depends on when, uh, the that uh, the definition of Muslim actually changes to people who just identify as Muslims in terms of identity and not necessarily complete, and did more of a cherry pick belief, kind of like Christianity, kind of like like most people identify as Christians or most people who identify as Jews. Now, you're saying when it gets to that point, we can change that definition. Wouldn't it be a good thing? Doesn't it help if we do get to that point and change the definition? No, no, that's actually slowing the process of killing Islam. I know, but uh, so this is where this is one place where Armin, Armin, and I disagree as well. I think that uh, I do believe in the whole step by step approach. I feel like what happens is that if there's a space where people are going to listen to people like you and Armin Armin and me, I think that uh, if that uh, if there's a space that people can step into. Right, that helps them step into that place where they're listening to views like ours, right? And if they're retaining, keeping one foot in the door, I think that that I don't think it's linguistically correct. I agree with you on that, but I don't think it's unhelpful. I actually think that it is helpful. I think that uh, you know a lot of these efforts that people have that they are helpful. 
So I, I want to I want to respond to that, but I want to let our guests speak more. So I'm gonna <laughs> yeah 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 okay, so. yeah. We always we always get into this uh, the, this. Uh, no, that's cool. But yeah. uh, I forgot what we were talking about. So we were saying what? Oh, we were, we're talking saying, about. You're saying it's you're 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 making the argument that they are help. It is helpful. They yes. uh, yeah, but uh -huh. but. Uh, so I'm, and we should let them call themselves a Muslim. But but I want to say I never said that we shouldn't let them. So, but but you also made the argument that it's helpful for them to call them still call themselves Muslims. So yeah. how why do you think which that? which I agree with too. I think I think it is helpful. But go why ahead. Go ahead. Why do I think that? Because the only if we okay. Why do I think that? Because I care about the reality of people's lives, and you know the reality is. There will always be people who will call, they will want to call themselves Muslim for one reason or another. So what I care about is what they actually do. So if I can encourage more humanistic behavior to be part of Islam, that will make Islam better and it will make people's lives better. And that's what I care. But it's, it, would you like people to ultimately get to the point where they give it up? And we're like, as Armin is saying, where they we we actually like kill like, Islam. But is that say, is this? Do you feel like this is a necessary step towards it? Do you think we should go directly towards? It's you can't go directly towards atheism. It's just you can think you want to do that. It's not. I never said directly, but I don't think that's the right step. Just to clear, but go on. But yeah, huge parts of the world. Well, like well, first we have to think of two different. Like North America and Amer you know, uh, is different than the Middle East and and and, and South Asia, but uh, you know, like it, I feel like maybe we'll come to a point in uh, in as like in North America, the Muslim community will be like completely secular, and like and, and I feel we're already close to that. But if you go, if if you want to see change happen in in Egypt, in Iran, in Pakistan, and in Somalia, you cannot go there uh, with an atheist agenda. It has to come from a Muslim uh, ground. It has to be presented at least at the initial phases as something that that has that has roots in Islam. And, well, I, and, and I would it's, say, and it's good to inside within the Muslim community. So that includes even if it's a Muslim within the Muslim community, within the like Muslim heritage. Because yeah, yes, but but that but that 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 heritage is and that thought has always been part of Muslim civilization. It's always but it's always been uh, persecuted and 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 uh shut down and and we we are at a point now where we are living in an age of communication and we can uh reach people without physically being there which allows for the spread of ideas that were before dangerous to talk about in the physical world mm -hmm. it gives us an opportunity yeah go ahead uh, no 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 i, I was gonna, i was going to say there, there's one other aspect to this that i think that um I, and I've I've said this before on 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 this podcast too that I I think different people respond to different kinds of things. Some people are sort of more emotionally leaning. Some people have more rational mindsets, and then they use that as a way to navigate their lives. Um, so, and and I used to think um, for I actually still think I think that the rational mindset actually helps. I think if you present people with a good argument, um, then they will 
listen and, and they will be sort of uh, helpless to listen to something that's reasonable. But on the other hand, right, there is another aspect, especially considering Islam, right? And one of the, and even fundamentalist evangelical Christianity, I've talked to a lot of people who come from those backgrounds as well. And it's something that you alluded to, Ibrahim, before is when you said that, you know, when you change your mind about this stuff and you didn't believe this, you lost people in your family, you lost your childhood, you lost a lot of things that you knew, a lot of the community. So there is a very real cost to this that extends actually beyond just rationally changing your mind. And human beings, there's a huge part of them that is irrational as well, and that is not necessarily susceptible to being convinced by, by facts alone. Can so I what Can uh, Yeah, I, that, no, yeah I, I mean, I want you to uh, respond to this. I, I just wanted to finish what I was saying. So I, I think that you know, there are many times I have talked to people, and I, I do. My approach is obviously I, I tell them that I think it's false. Ibrahim, you do the same thing. Armin, you do the same thing. That we think it's false. We're not trying to convince people that you know, no, you can interpret it differently, and that that's what, that's what we do. Uh, but there there is a part of it I think that has to um, acknowledge that that some people are not as privileged as as say someone like me who is able to retain his family and all his relationships, and everybody in me is open minded enough to accept who I am and I can very liberally and very very openly say that okay no I just want to reject this thing altogether and I think this is a way to do it uh, which I do think is the right way but um, there are other people for whom right that family bond the community bond all those other costs of letting go are very valuable so there so for them a gradual approach may work better uh, so I, I do yes. think that there are we have to account for different kinds of of people. This is something that you know, we've okay. talked about a lot. Right. Of. Yeah, but I, okay. So great. Okay. So first of all, with regards to the humanist um, values and secular values that we want to promote, I don't have to agree with a Muslim for me to help to support their work for humanist values and secular. Uh, I mean, for not all, not even the Muslims that I don't think they're Muslims, the ones that don't think that the Quran is the, the direct word of God. The people that do think that the Quran is a direct word of God, many of them, which that makes them a Muslim, many of them do fight for humanist values, do fight for secular values. I think that there's a contradiction with, with, with those and Islam, but it doesn't matter as long as they are fighting for humanist values, as long as they're fighting for secular values, for women rights, for gay rights, I will support them. That support is not conditional on me agreeing with them on what Islam or Muslim is. I can no, continue. No, I, I can, we're no, not wait, saying we're that. Not, let me, I know, but I'm just, but no, that, but that was what Abraham said. It's like, oh, there are a lot of these people are fighting for humanist values and secular values and these values and that values i'm saying yeah and we support them just because i disagree with them on what islam is and muslim muslim is that doesn't mean that i'm not going to be there for them when they need our help when we're fighting for same the same goals we have a disagreement on what these words mean and we could debate that and while we have that disagreement not only liberal muslims or moderate muslims conservative muslims sometimes have goals that align with us right conservative muslims in the united states want secularism because secularism helps minorities Right. So when if, if conservative Muslims in the United States or Canada fighting for secularism, we have a common goal with them. So we might even even work with conservative Muslims. Right. Just because. I they, OK, <laughs> I will you don't, wait, uh, expand on that, Ibrahim. What are you saying? You don't what? I don't work with conservatives. I don't work with conservative Muslims or conservative Christians or conservative Jews. I don't work with them. Why? How come? I, I just don't like them as people. Yeah. And, um, I, 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 I don't like to work with them. And uh, 
I like to work with secular, you know, secular, secular Jews, especially. I think that we, we have a lot of, we have a lot in common with them. Uh, uh, but uh, I just, and, and, and it really like, it started with, with, I, cause I, you know, if I get someone who is a conservative uh, Muslim, I, I try to point them to a more modern or more progressive group. Uh, maybe that will help them, but I don't work with them personally. I don't like to work with conservative people. I have a question for you, Abraham. If, if, what if I yeah. come to you and say, okay, I don't think the Quran not, was the direct word of God. I don't think it was even written by, well, I think Muhammad and some other people just made it up. It was not, you know what? I actually don't even believe in Allah. I don't believe in a supreme uh, a God. I don't like Islamic culture. I don't practice any Islamic culture. I think Muhammad was just this delusional guy. Maybe he didn't even exist. Uh, but I'm a Muslim. All right. And my pa I've never been, uh, you know, I've actually never been a Muslim before, but I want to identify as a Muslim now, starting now, even though I've never, I, there's nothing in Islam that I relate to. Uh, there's nothing in Islam that I believe in, or, or is there anything about the culture I enjoy? There's nothing. But I identify as a Muslim. Is this person a Muslim? Well, what, the example that you're drawing, I've never seen anything like this. I know that. What I'm talking to you about, let me, let me finish. But what I'm talking to you about is something that I've actually seen in real life. I know. I'm I have met people. What you're saying is, like, is kind of like, well, why are you Muslim? The person I want that to, I'm talking about, I want to identify as, because I want to identify as a Muslim. That's the only what, reason. What makes you want to identify as a Muslim? I just want to. Well, so I'll give you an example of, of something like this, right? And we've brought it up before. The Free Zakaria example. So Free Zakaria is basically like after Donald Trump announces a ban and Muslims are supposing. Actually, Ibrahim, you remember when we did the we did the Muslimish panel in Detroit? Yes. And uh, someone asked you the same question. And I, yes. like, you know, are you? Is there anything in Islam that you like? Because you know, you were talking about all the stuff that you don't like, and clearly, we don't really like most of the stuff in Islam. But 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 when you said at that one point, you said something like, I'm paraphrasing. You said that if you know Donald Trump started rounding up Muslims and putting them in concentration camps, right? In that case, you might identify as a Muslim, right? So. Is it yeah. so that's an example? But that's because I come from I come I grew up Muslim, I was Muslim, I really, really, really believed, and yeah. it's part of my character. It built it, it's it's part of me. Like I still have certain ticks that I can't get rid of, even after over ten years now. I'm coming on ten years next August. It'll be ten years since I like really stopped believing in 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 the divine. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a long time. Ten years is a long time. I've, I, I'm, you know, there's a lot of things that, but there's still some things that are uh, that I still carry, that I still like, that I still enjoy, and it's because of my upbringing, and that's why it's like I feel that that, and, and that's and that could be true for anybody who had that upbringing. But if you didn't have that upbringing. And then why would you want to identify with Islam? That's I, why I didn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? But the thing, the reason why I'm coming up with hypothetical is because it's a useful way to show that there needs to be a line at some point. Right. So you don't I understand your question. Right. I get it. But right. like what I'm saying is I, I, my opinion is based on things. My opinion didn't used to be like my opinion used to be like yours. I used to be like you. I used to think that, you know what? If you don't think that the Quran is the word of God, you're not Muslim. I don't care what you say you are. Yeah, but, but that's not... But a, if you don't think that this is the word of God, you're not Muslim. 
Which oh, yeah, is the you, way that you guys treat uh, it like uh, as if like you're insulting the person. You're not a real Muslim. That's a compliment. All right. Maybe they don't agree with the definition. For them, it's, what's important is how they see themselves, not how you see them. No, I mean, you can't, we can't change the definition of words because you want to identify. And not, by the, the examples Ali gave does, it doesn't apply because those are strategic lies. Right. If I want to identify as a Muslim because I want to add to the number of Muslims in this country to protect them, that that's a good idea. But that's your your that's a strategic move to protect your fellow human beings. That's not really changing. No, no, no. Arman, Arman, no, no, no I, let, let me let me also. I, actually, I don't. I don't think it's a strategic lie. No, no, let me no. let me let me add to example. If you if you if you want to keep calling yourself a Muslim even though you're not a Muslim because you want to be part of the community that you feel a connection to, that's also a strategic misrepresentation. And it's okay. It is a misrepresentation and it's strategic and it's okay to do that. But the fact is, it's a misrepresentation and it's fine to do that because you're making a strategic decision that you want to use this label to remain connected to the community. Right. So I, 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 um, yeah. I, I want to bring an analogy here. Okay. So, like, we're just, since we're talking about this, and that there's, again, I think that there are contextual definitions of words there's connotations of words i mean we have the we have the word connotation for a reason and there are literal definitions of words and and the word i'm going to bring up is feminism okay so my view has always been that there's a definition for feminism definition of feminism is to believe in equality of opportunity um, and rights between men and women, social equality political equality economic equality that's a classic definition that means that if you are a feminist or if you believe in the, for that equality, you are a feminist. If you don't believe in that, you're an asshole. Okay. Now, the thing is, there's a lot of people who believe in those things, who believe in the social, political, and economic equality of women and men, but they don't identify as feminists. They say, I want to reject it because there's all these people out there talking about gender feminism. And, you know, if you're pro choice. That's a good example. They're still feminist. Right. They're right. still so, feminist, even if they don't use the label. If no, you no, believe but, in women's rights, if you believe in equality for women, even if you don't like the label of feminist, you can start. It's your uh, choice. It's your listen, choice not to use a label, but you are a feminist. So exactly, exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you believe in that, that basic stuff, you're a feminist. If you don't, then you're an asshole, right? So that is my whole thing, my sort of linguistic dogma when it comes to that. However, contextually, nowadays, when you say that you're a feminist, right? And there are people who are extremely, extremely radical and irrational people in the, in the whole feminist movement that even some of the most hardcore feminists I know are, are finding themselves um, averse to the word, right? We have to account for that. Linguistically, it may not be right, but the definitions of these words over time evolve. The definition of Jew has evolved. So we talked to David Silverman. Yes, over, in the time, last episode. over time, the Islam and Muslim, the, the, those definitions might evolve. But as of right Islam, now, it doesn't. Well, I mean, the, the, that's the thing. Like the, those, those, those definitions, they, they do evolve. And I think when it comes to the word Muslim. Yeah, see uh, me in a hundred years. We'll, we'll see. Maybe you're right. No, but right no, now, no, that's no, not no, the not in a hundred years. I think a lot of times there are people who are very, who don't really care what the Quran says. You know, who don't really live by it, who go out, they drink, they eat bacon, yeah. they listen to Yeah, they're still Muslims. They're still, mo even if you if you eat bacon, have sex before marriage, don't no, fast during no, Ramadan, no, I, you're still uh, a Muslim. You're still, you, if you, if you, if you could be the shadiest Muslim in the world, as long as you believe in the Quran and Muhammad and they haven't read the, so it I does, think it that doesn't require you to have read the Quran for you to be a Muslim. As long as you think, that's, as long as you are, as long as you think this is 
the word of God. That's part of the definition. It doesn't you're giving, mean you have you're to giving, uh, You're giving the example of what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that over time, the definition has evolved to come to this inclusive thing, right? This is, not over, this is not over time. The shahadat, when you say, Ashadana la ilaha illallah, Ashadana Muhammad Rasulullah, that's the most inclusive definition. That is the Muslim. So I, you could, you could turn people into Muslim just by getting them to say that and take a shower. Okay, so that is the most inclusive definition that doesn't really include the Quran, right? Okay, Ibrahim, so, get in here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to say you were saying, like something you were you were saying, Armin, is maybe in a hundred years that's what Islam is going to be, but it's not like that right now. Well, we have to start treat. You know, we have to start somewhere. So in a hundred years. It will be like that. Exactly, yeah. And that's, Even that's, if not Islam and Muslims, but go well, on. So I, I, yeah. I feel like we're, we're really like uh, stuck on one point here, which is a definition of what Muslim is. So uh, I, it is important, but the, the one thought, the one last thought I want to say about this, and let's try to move on to another okay. subject. Yeah. Uh, why is it like if you look let's look at what is the perceived definition of what a muslim is for someone who's like a white american it's a terrorist and, uh, i was saying that you know i was saying that for like the majority or a big a big percentage of white americans their definition of a muslim is a terrorist and that's not an accurate definition either so we need to create yeah, of course. a counter, you know, another, another, like there, the majority of Muslims actually, uh, you know, at least in the United States are uh, very secular in nature. I would say the majority of Muslims in the United States are secular in nature, but, you know, uh, uh, you know, and they, but we don't have, what we're missing is, and what I would like to see is a space where these secular ideas can be discussed among people of that community. So far, we haven't like like but, for for a very we just have we don't have that space. And, Ibrahim, and we're never, starting. I never said secular Muslims are not Muslims. Mm -hmm. Most secular Muslims, most humanist Muslims, most any Muslim believes that the Quran is the direct word of God. No, no, My, but what, what, what is saying, very all I'm saying is all I'm saying is all I'm saying is there are Muslims who don't think that the Quran is the direct word of God. And they should be, and they, in my mind, this is the, the, this should be what comes into your head when you hear the word Muslim. Not some, like, you know, bearded, dumb piece of shit who wants to, like, you know, you know kill people for leaving Islam. Mm. Like, like, we need, why, like, I don't want to enhance or I don't want to like, like be in the column of the people who see Muslims as terrorists. I want to be in the I column of my, people. I don't think my definitions encourages that, uh, that uh, viewpoint. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. I'm using my own words because, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain a, an idea here is that okay. we need to support the type of Muslim who is really for all practical uh, definitions is not Muslim. They just want to call themselves that. I think we need to encourage that. And, 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 and the other thing is, and I'm going to tell you like one thing that a story that happened to me that really changed how I, you know, uh, approach this 
subject is that I was told once in one of the meetings by somebody who was Muslim, in, in, like who, who, who was, I would say, one of the more conservative uh, people within the group, but we considered very, very liberal in any, you know, uh, other Muslim community. But she basically told me that I made her feel like the sheikh, the imam in the, in the masjid, because I was telling her, well, this is what it is, and this is not what it is. This is Islam, and this is not Islam. If you don't believe that this is the word of God, then you're not Muslim. Okay. And she said, she, she, no, basically, no. Told, she basically told me that, like, no, well, you're, you're talking right now like the sheikh, the imam. And that is the last thing I want to do. Like, that is exactly what I do, because that is the person that I want to be the opposite of. So I have a comment. Well, uh, sorry, there's a comment that actually goes to what Ibrahim, what you're saying is uh, it's from Alex, and he's on our uh, on he's one of our patrons. So thank you, Alex, for the comment. So he's saying if you're trying to encourage a Muslim enlightenment, wouldn't you want a more secular version of Islam where the Quran isn't necessarily the word of God and other such compromises, considering all the issues that arise out of infallibility? So I guess the the question here, and I I guess uh, Armin. Uh, you know, we're going to move on. I want to transition to like a more sort of positive thing that we do kind of agree on, which is the whole enlightenment well, this idea. Is more fun talking about things we agree on. We agree on. No, is we've, done, we've done that for a while now. So, like, let's. I, I want to talk about this, uh, the enlightenment aspect of it. So, the the idea that once we, if we actually do, if people do start looking at, if there are people like not not people like us who just have rejected it all together. Yeah. So we've, I feel like we've kind of jumped the gun or jumped from first grade to fifth grade. That sounds really el elitist, but <laughs> either it way, is it is elitist. Me, I think we earned it. <laughs> <laughs> but see, so supposing like there are some people, not everybody has the ability to jump. Yeah, I understand the question. I'm going to respond to it very fast and we can move to the, uh, you yeah. know, I think you bring enlightenment by being honest to people. You bring enlightenment by not, uh, you know, playing with definition of words instead of actually being, t t you know, coming up with clear definition and not playing around with it because that will just destroy the point of communication and the point of having labels for things, right? Uh -huh. if, you, if you want to talk about God and people are just changing the def definition every in every sentence, then, you know, you can't really have a communication about them. You have to be honest about what is Muslim means, what Islam represents. That's how, you know, people could disagree with you. Uh, you could support people on, on the values that that they have that you agree with, even if you disagree with them, that doesn't mean that just because you disagree with them on Islam or what a Muslim is, that doesn't mean you're alienating them, right? Uh, and Islam as an idea needs to die. And the, the more, if you keep changing that definition to things that, like, imagine people like, you know what, why, why do we throw away Nazism? Why can't we just redefine Nazism? Nazism was such a horrible ideology that needed to die. Redefining it may slows the process of it from dying. Also, just a response to sounding like a mom, I want to sound like an imam. You know why? Because I appreciate that at least imams don't believe in objective reality, right? These, these wishy-washy people, like everybody has their own reality, everybody has their own truth. No, everybody has their own opinion. People don't have there, you know, just because you're passionate about the view and selling it, you know, at least that imam guy, I could, and you know, th that guy thinks, it, you know, they're, they're completely wrong. But these, pa these, a lot of these conservative Muslims, at least they, they, 
um, they believe in the truth and they're fighting for the truth. They happen to believe in the wrong, the, the, something that is not true. And I could have a discussion with them. But being passionate about what you believe in and fighting for it, that, that's not something I, I, I see a problem with. It, no matter, you know, that's not something people are saying, oh, you're sounding like a priest or you're sounding like an imam. And like, what do you have a problem with those imams or priests? They're, they think that's the truth and that's, they're, they're, they're fighting for your soul. They care about you. They're wrong. But at least it, it might be coming from a position of kindness right i completely disagree with what they think is, what they think is the truth but the fact that they're passionate about what they think is the truth that's not something that i i see uh, look down upon i admire that but anyways. i think the the the, the, the passion is part, but i mean there's many different aspects of being an imam right so there's uh there's certain things i can definitely appreciate their honesty like i do like talking to a lot of fundamentalist muslims because i feel like they're a lot more honest than the moderates but at the same time i think that uh uh, that if they are running the land, then you know some of those qualities can be really, really problematic. Of course, I don't. I, 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 yeah, that would yeah. be a nightmare if they were running so, the land. But I think, yeah, yeah, I think we're all aligned on most of it. I, I think they can coexist. I think you can have a linguistic definition of Muslim, and I can say I'm not a Muslim when it comes to the ideological aspect of it. When it comes to believing Islam, I'm not a Muslim. But yeah, when it comes to um, uh, an identity aspect. Right. So then, so, okay. So I have a question for moving it to something else. So Abraham, you said you don't have many. You don't like conservative Muslims, and um, in your in Muslimish Muslims that come to Muslimish, they are mostly moderate Muslims, right? So yes. what if I, what if I was a conservative Muslim and I wanted to come join Muslimish? What would happen? I would uh, direct you to a less uh, a group that is probably more geared toward. I would suggest a different group for you. Okay. Uh, that is more in line with what you want to achieve. Like I would ask, what is it that you're trying to achieve? What, why do you want to join the group? And, and what is it that you want to achieve? And I would try to send you to a place where it would help you, you know, uh, achieve what you want. Which uh, okay. is not going to be in Muslim. So I have a, a, mm. a, a follow-up follow question to that. That's, uh, Armin, and this I think is kind of interesting. So in Muslimish, what you have is you, you have a space where questioning Muslims and ex-Muslims can come together, right? And they can have conversations. Yeah. Um, can you have conservative Muslims who are questioning as well? Or is that... No. No? From my experience, I would say no. Okay. I, I mean, I met, I met a few conservative Muslims that they mentioned that they had moments of doubt. Um, but I mean, but I, I just feel like for the purpose of the conversation for us in the group, the idea is to like create a space where people can exchange their, the, their thoughts and ideas that they can't discuss in a mosque, that they can't discuss in, uh, within, with their, with their families. Yeah. Just practice, just practice uttering the words and having a conversation is not only therapeutic, it helps you create your own idea. It helps people understand what they actually think. When you, when you practice saying, putting in words, your thoughts and ideas, it's, it's, it's a higher level of, 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 of intelligence, I think. And, and, it, and, it's, and, it's a, and it's an exercise that is rarely done with it, you know, for, for at least in the Muslim community because it's, it's discouraged. It's something that has been discouraged for, for a very long time. But aren't conservative, Muslim, learn, but aren't conservative Muslims the ones that need that the most? They do need that the most. I just can't help them right now. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that that's so. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you was that, and this is something that we've all been dealing with a lot. Is um, I, I know, Reem, you and I are actually politically kind of aligned too, especially when it comes to U.S. politics, which you know, um, I know everybody's all over the place, especially in the in the ex-Muslim. Community. I don't know. I'm 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 the most capitalist in the group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, hey, listen, we're, we're actually quite aligned when it comes to capitalism, when it comes to sort of like free yeah, market me, liberalism. Me too. So all yeah. of us, I think, really, are awesome. Because yeah, yeah. the group, like, I think the majority is like more socialist. We just, by the way, like, we just, you know, we, I like, think we're going to lose half of our patrons. People. Maybe we should edit this part. <laughs> 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 no, but I guess yeah. So one of the questions was that, like, what, what do you, um, and then you know, I, I brought this up. You know, we had Sarah Hader on before, and we had. Like other, and, and I brought up the same question. I, I I'm very interested in knowing how some of the leadership of the, of this movement thinks, and you're obviously part of the leadership. Um, is uh, how, how does this uh, happen? Where you have people who say, "Okay, you criticize Islam. Trump criticizes Islam. You're no different to me from Trump." But we were, we were again, like I was I was telling David Silverman last week that the, you know when we talked to him that uh, you know you have. A lot of mainstream atheist groups that are shying away from inviting ex-Muslims to their atheist conferences because they don't want to. They're liberal leaning and they don't want to be lumped in with the uh, Islamophobia crowd. They think that you know ex-Muslims are going to associate them somehow with the whole Trump thing. So you know the fact that Trump is president, that there is a lot of sort of anti-Muslim sentiments and anti-Muslim hate going around and you know all of us are from Muslim families we have Muslim friends and relatives and so on how do you um, counter that has that has that damaged uh, your what you want to do has it has it encouraged you further how, how has that affected you I you know to be absolutely honest with you Ali I, I really don't care I mean I just I, I, I work in like in my mind I just do what I want to do and I don't give a shit what anybody else does. I'm gonna. I have. I'm looking at my goal, and I'm focused on my goal. And the rest of the world, they can do whatever they want. I'm gonna keep doing what I want to do. And uh, all I can control is what I do. That's the only thing I can control. I can't control what other people think. I can't control what other people do. And I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, do, do, you, do you ever get? Uh, un, do you ever get? I guess unwanted support from uh, some of the really far right. Um, I, I, I get. I get rid of it very, very quickly. We get a lot of, and especially it, it happened in the beginning. It doesn't come anymore because I, I, I am nasty to mm-hmm. uh, Christians. I'm nasty to them. Uh, I, I th- so yeah, like they don't they never. They never communicate with me again. Uh, because you know, I, I, I want to suggest not getting rid of all these uh, people, quote unquote, unwanted support. Because I noticed some of them change their tune if you if they keep following you for a while. I used to get I, I used to get people that say like, "Oh, we should just nuke uh, the Middle East and <laughs> stuff like that." And after a few years of following me, now they're saying like, "Oh, we're against Islam, not Muslims." You know, so I noticed a little bit of a change in some of them. So I may, you know, I, I mean, if um, shouldn't we like try to reach out to these people as well? You can do that. I'm not going to do that. Okay. So what has your experience been? Why? Why do you? What? What do have Christians done, or that that have made you want to do that? Want to kind of like? Well, I just uh, it's uh, it's for my peace of mind, really. I uh, 
you know, once I get like, you know, because the Christians, they just want to bash Islam and they have their own shitty religion that they like, you know, I just don't like that level of stupidity. You believe in a zombie God that is far worse than the Islamic God, in my opinion, at least on like, uh, like, like the idea of Islam, Islam is a superior, superior religion to Christianity in my mind. I know a lot of people say, well, Islam is worse. It's, it's, it's definitely more violent and it causes, um, uh, it causes more real damage in the real world today. But on an intellectual level, it's a more intelligent religion than Christianity. How Christianity so? is, Christianity is, is very primitive. Like it's, it's almost like something out of a Greek myth with the son of God and virgin birth. And it's really <laughs> stupid. I mean, it's just really, really stupid. Yeah, and I, and, and I, just, stupid. I just can't stand it. I mean, it's, it, and, and like, you know, the stupid cross on their chest and like the whole thing is just pathetic. I just don't like these people. You know, I, I agree with you because, I, you know, when I read the Bible, it just seems like so random and like you can't even criticize it because you're like, what the yeah. fuck? And the whole idea of like turning the other cheek, what kind of horseshit is that? I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's a capitalist. Oh, That's a not socialist. No, I mean, no, I mean if you read Go it, fuck yourself. Okay, I, I kick your ass. But you know, I I kind of agree with you, but I also a little but want to challenge you on that. I agree with you because when you read the Bible, there's just so much random shit in there. Like in the Quran, it, the Quran is very violent and barbaric, but you see why it made strategic sense. Like you're like, okay, I see why this is there, right? The Bible is yeah. like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, really cut off a woman's hand because she, she was defending her husband by grabbing the opponent's balls? The Bible is definitely more entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's but, definitely more entertaining. It's more fun to quote from. I remember once I had this thing where I was trying to do, I, I was doing this thing called scriptural nugget of the day. And I used to post like one little scriptural nugget, and I found a lot of them. Of course, there's a lot of a lot of stupid things in the Quran, but there was no competition. Eventually, I started kind of running out. I'm like, okay, well, there's stuff in the Quran. This kind of sucks, but it's not funny, you know. Okay. I wanted to find funny, <laughs> nonsensical okay. stuff, and I just ran out of those things in the Quran. And the no, Quran's but, a smaller book, to be fair. I, okay, but to be fair, the Islam becomes more ridiculous and be be becomes very competitive with the Christianity once you add the Hadith. Then it becomes a major competition. That's yeah. a goal. But you know, to be honest, a lot of people, even conservative Muslims that I've known, people like not conservative, conservative, but conservative in, you know, in, in my circles, they don't, no, I don't know, most people don't, you know, at least have one hadith that they just like, no, no, this is just wrong. Like, like you will meet a lot of Muslims who like, when you tell them what the hadith says, like, oh, well, this is just hadith. But this is, and that's why I like to focus on the Quran, because that's something that no one will disagree on. Yeah, I, I, I agree. In my, in my book too, what I did was uh, I focused yeah. pretty much nine, over 90% on the Quran. I mentioned a couple of hadith here and there, like when it came to abrogation, like the verses of, actually, it wasn't even a hadith. It was the verses of Rajam that were actually taken out, but etc. Et but um, I really focused on the Quran just because it, you preempt that argument. Because once, you start, once yeah. you start bringing the hadith into it, it's too easy a book to write. 
Yeah, but but also, I mean, if if people, I, I agree with you. There's other people that throw out the hadith, but they do, but they don't completely deny that there is no good hadith, right? But then once that they throw the parts that they don't like, then then you could argue with them. Then what is like? How do you even know what good hadith is? And if you don't know how good hadith, then what is so? What, how the Quran demands you to follow the way of Muhammad? How the fuck are we supposed to do that, right? Without the hadith. But anyway, that's but not everybody. Not everybody's gonna like try to. I know, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, as specific as an intellectual about this discussion as we are. Some people are just trying to live. Most people are just trying to get by. Yeah, I understand. Care. This is why they this just, is why they're going to they're going to do what is easy and nice for them. And that's OK. Yeah, because it makes them happy. This and is, we shouldn't yeah. like try to stop that because that's a losing battle. OK, we, OK. Here's the thing. Abraham. When we when we fight Islam, we're not fighting Muslims. OK. Uh, you know, you know that more. I'm pretty sure more than anybody. Right? I, I understand that, yeah. but I just what I, what I want to say is I feel like that we let's not try to discourage people from coming up with their own Islam. Let's try to encourage <laughs> that. Okay, because that image. Um, I I don't want to go back to that argument because um. Did we moved on? But yeah, 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 yeah. But but I I I mean that that's something that actually I'm kind of uh, I'm sort of in the middle on that. But I I, I do think that it's important. I right, for let's, people. Let's have a live stream, Ali, me and you about this because I'm going to challenge you on that. But but we already, <laughs> we already uh, talked about this. Uh, um, but the thing is though. Do you think that maybe we are we see Christianity sometimes is more ridiculous because we're kind of used to some of the Quran because we read the Quran since childhood uh, because you know like a lot of Christians when they when they hear about Scientology or Mormonism they start laughing and they say this is ridiculous even though they have like you know talking snake and Eve coming from Adam's rib and all that bullshit. Which is, I, if you think about it, it's not really not, not less ridiculous, right, compared to Scientology yes. and Mormonism. So, do you think that maybe when we're looking at Christianity and we think this is like completely lit, ridiculous compared to Islam, even Islam is completely bullshit, we think we look at Christianity and think like, okay, this is just laughable. Uh, Islam makes a little bit more sense sometimes. Do you think maybe because we're more used to Islam? Absolutely. I'm sure that is a huge factor. Mm. But I just want to say that there's just a difference between a religion like Islam and Judaism, for example, where the concept of God is kind of vague. There's this this like cloud-like God mm. versus Christianity, where there's like actually like a dude on a cross and it just looks ridiculous. It's like, yeah. the, the, you know, the elephant in Hinduism. It's just pathetic. You can't not uh, you can't like you, you, it's an elephant with eight hands like uh, uh, come on like like you yeah, like, this is a, no yeah i i think that there's a um <laughs> there's there's a there, there's a thing in in islam no. I, I i see your point there's an unseen there's sort of this unseen deity and i remember like being told because god is made of nur which is light allah the islamic allah is made no, out no no he's not angels are made out of nur no god is made out of nothing not. I don't think no, 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 don't go there. God, God is too like they don't specify. I don't think no, God. That's the that's point, Armin. That's I think the the smart thing, the strategic genius of Islam, which has been deadly and it's been horrific. And I, I always say I kind of yeah. 
say that I was like, you know, when it comes to a, a violent and dangerous religions, Islam is yeah, Islam is more dangerous because it's less ridiculous. But when, it, when it comes to the more ridiculous and, and sort of uh, stupid religions, then, you know, the other Abrahamic religions kind of kind of take the cake. Right, there, but, so. OK, but maybe God himself, they made it so vague that it's like it, it. That's why deism is also hard to attack because they made their God like be not, like almost like nothing. So you really can't attack, make fun of it. But but Islam comes with jinns. Right, Islam comes yeah. with well, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so much bullshit. Yeah, there. there's a lot of dumb stuff. Yeah. Well. yeah, Islam comes with like flies having one wing that has poison on it and one wing that has a cure to that poison. That's hadith. That's hadith. That's hadith. That's hadith. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Oh, another another hadith is the cutting of the moon in half. Like, like even yeah. as a kid, I thought like, wait, that's no, that's Quran. Wait, no, no. Okay, so that's fucking ridiculous right there because yeah. even as a kid, I remember thinking, how come the Chinese didn't record this? <laughs> how come the Greek didn't see this? How come nobody, how come this is not a major event in history from everywhere around the world? Like, holy fuck, the moon was cut in half. Like, what the, like I say, I, even as a kid, I thought this would be everywhere around the world we talking about. Lunar eclipse. The, the Mayas should have mentioned it somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Ibrahim, what was that? Was that there's this worst verse that you talked about that had everybody in stitches? So this is another thing that Ibrahim did was kind of he brought out the Quran in that speech and he pulled out all of his favorite verses and um, it, it was just it was pretty much like a stand up comedy show and he didn't really have to do much anyway. He just had to kind of read them out. But there was this one where the sun settles in the mud. Like what was what was that? Yeah. One? Uh, that's from Surat Al-Kahf, the cave. And that's a very popular surah. Like that's a surah that people like to read on Fridays. Like people like, a lot, I know a lot of people in my family that like to read Surat Al-Kahf on Friday. Yeah. It's like a sunnah. And, uh, but, but, uh, there is a story in Surah Al-Kahf about this guy, Dhul-Qarnayn. Dhul-Qarnayn literally means the one with the two horns, with like, you know, with the horn, like, head. So, like, yeah. a lot of people think that's, like, represents Alexander the Great. Mm -hmm. But uh, Dhul-Qarnayn, it tells him the story that he went to the end of the earth and that he found the sun setting in a well of hot mud. And uh, a lot of people say, like... It's a metaphor, uh, guys. It's just metaphor. <laughs> yes, well, that's that's what I was told that it's it's metaphor, that like because what I did is I said the same I I, I whatever I said on, on in New York last year, in or like in 2016 I said it again in Detroit in 2017 mm. because it, and it helped me and and it helped me like say it better and it helped me apply uh, to some of the the comments and feedback that I got after the New York conference in 2016, the 2016 one. And uh, one of the things I was told is that, oh, you're taking it so literally. But shouldn't I take it literally? Like, like this could have been, isn't this a good opportunity if Quran is truly the proof, the, 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 the sign from the creator of the universe? Ibrahim, why are you discouraging people 
looking at this metaphorically. You're discouraging. I'm not discouraging. I'm not discouraging, <laughs> but I'm just defending my own my own position of I want to see it literally. And the Quran, if it truly here's the thing, Armin. Mm -hmm. If the Quran truly was a book from the creator of the universe, it should give me what I want and give you what you want and give the person who wants to read it metaphorically what they want without losing the meaning, which is... This is... You got cut. Repeat the, that. The book, you can read it 10 different times and every time you'll understand something a little bit more or like, you know, or and every person will... will, will Will, something will resonate, the same word or the same sentence will resonate differently. If, that, if there's a book that is really coming from the creator of the universe, the creator of galaxies, how great would that book be? That's what I, what I want. I want there to be a God. There is no God, but I would like there to be a God. I mean, it okay, would be a nice Ibra idea. Ibrahim, I could use your own criticism against you here because I could be like, by, by, by saying that, you, as a Muslim, I want this Quran to be the direct, I, I'm a secular Muslim, and I, uh, and I, if you say that this, this is, could not be the, cre the book by the creator of the universe, you're discouraging me to be a Muslim and believe that this is the book from the, from the creator of the universe, and you're, you're denying me to, you know, take part and, you know, you're, you're discouraging me from being with you guys because you're telling me that this book could not be from the creator of the universe. So what, what I'm saying is, um, this is my opinion. And all I want is to be able to say my opinion freely. And, uh, you know, you can agree or disagree with it. That's, that's what it was, right? What I, I feel was that like, everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're aligned. Good, that's good. We're aligned. We yeah. agree on that. Yeah. Yes, I feel that I, you know, uh, you know, I just want to be able to say what I think and discuss. So, and you can still be using your so by, by that logic by that logic if i come and say i don't think the definition of muslim is this or that if somebody says you're discouraging people i could be like this is just my opinion i want to be able to say my opinion right so that would be you the can same say, but there's a difference than say, that this is different than saying that huh. you're not really muslim oh i think uh, ibrahim you're cutting out a bit yeah, I want you're cutting out a bit, well, more than a bit. Uh -huh. Okay, so let me try again. So let's say, um, can you hear me now, guys? Yeah. By the way, sorry, you guys. You guys, if you don't want to go back to that topic, I, I, I we said we don't want to go back to that topic. No, no, no. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. I just want to like, like, just like say like what I think about mm. this. So I feel I, I the thing that I didn't like about what you said, Armin, mm. was they saying like, well, Cutting. Allah is the God, Muhammad is the Prophet. And Quran is the word of, word of God. Mm -hmm. But I know people, I personally know people who call themselves Muslims who don't agree with these three things. So that's a fact of life that I've seen because it's not inclusive. It's not inclusive to people that I value and I value their opinion. And I feel that these people are going to be in the future, the majority. I don't think people should be this. I don't think that you're, uh, if somebody's calling themselves a Muslim and you're disagreeing with the def their definition of a Muslim, you're being exclusive. You're not kicking them out of, of any group. You're, yeah. you're not denying them to speak. You're not telling them that they are, they don't have a right to use that definition. 
All you're saying is that you disagree with their definition. I think you both of you guys are uh, kind of. I feel like you're both uh, more aligned on this than you think. I think. Same thing, like yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think b- b- both of you guys are saying that. Uh, uh, we, do you have Muslim has a definition. You don't consider yourself Muslims because you don't believe, and that's what your own. No, thing no, is. we we disagree. I mean, the, the disagreement is that he wouldn't tell them that you, they, you he disagrees with the definition. I would tell them that I disagree with the definition, but I don't think that's being ex- exclusive. I, I, I think it's more that he because, he wouldn't he wouldn't tell them that they're not Muslim. He wouldn't tell them they're not Muslim. Well, I would I would okay. The thing is that I would word that bef- better because that sounds rude. I would just word it. <laughs> I word it differently. I would say I I disagree with their definition of a Muslim, yeah. right? Because you know, just saying I, you're not a Muslim that just comes off as rude, right? and I don't want to yeah. be rude, right? But I think people can take it if you just say, "Well, I disagree with that definition." I think that's a very nice way of saying it, and I don't think that you're being exclusive by saying you disagree with the definition. If somebody comes and tells me I believe in the conscious creator of the universe, why I identify as an atheist, I'm not going to tell them they can't do that. I'm just going to tell them, I just disagree with your definition. That's what I'm saying. That's not exclusive. I didn't tell them they can't say it. I didn't tell them they're not welcome to talk to us. You're being inclusive. You're just disagreeing on definition. I think that's okay. okay. Anyways, go back. Let's go back. Yeah, so I, I wanted to, Ibrahim, I wanted to ask you another thing about, so you were talking about, like, we we're talking about metaphorical versus. There's another thing that you talked about, about the length of pregnancy where the Quran in two different verses talks about the length of pregnancy and it gets it wrong. These are two verses. One says, Pregnancy and breastfeeding is 30 months. Uh, well, and the other verse says, The mothers breastfeed their children for two full years. You guys still hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Basically, if breastfeeding is two years, pregnancy and breastfeeding is 30 months, that would make uh, pregnancy six months, which is not true. That is not true. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, one of the, and this is, this is, this is the answer, because I've talked to a lot of people and so, well, some people will say, well, technically you can have a pregnant six months and like the baby would still be alive. You know, at the end of the pregnancy, and they will try to say that. Well, it's like they, they like you know, God is very wise. Why that very wise? This is why he used the the littlest, the most littlest amount. <laughs> but you know, uh, I mean, I guess if you want to think that, you can think that. I think that's ridiculous. But you know, that's my thinking. So, and, and I another- feel like if there is a creator of the universe, you know, who would write a book, they would know how long pregnancy is. I think that there was a verse, there's another uh, th- th- set of three verses in the Quran, in Surah 86, verses 5 through 7, where it says, um, and, uh, you know, that the God created you from a fluid that was ejected from between the backbone and the ribs. Yes. Right, uh, so, whether you're talking uh, about sperm or semen. Yeah, what the yeah, exactly. So, so what uh, what that means is essentially that it, they're saying that sperm and semen comes from the chest. So, I had a discussion yeah. with this with one of the sort of the wishy washy types, and uh, <laughs> he was like, he went to great lengths to talk about different positions that you know it's actually between the chest and the ribs of the woman. I'm like, well, if you were doing that, you'd have to be in doggy style position, and, you know, <laughs> and he started talking about. 
the fetus. He's like, well, when the fetus is in a certain stage of development, the, the genitals of the male fetus are between the ribs and the backbone of the woman. And like the fetus does not produce semen or sperm. And he, he just went over. It was insane. And he wrote a whole blog post on it called Does, does, sperm is, does the Quran say sperm is created in the chest? His, his name is Kashif Chaudhry. It's, it's, it's really funny. He's, um, I, I'll, I'll actually, if, if the blog post is still up, I'll link it in the, in the description. I'll make a note of that right now. And um, yeah, it was it's, just. Uh, it's amazing me how much but, effort but, people go through to explain these things to themselves. And I, but in a way, I feel here's the thing. Mm-hmm. As I've grown older, I've started to like almost admire these efforts. I mean, they're just really trying hard. I mean, can we give these people some credit that they're trying really, really hard to keep? Ibrahim, yeah. your connection is very bad. Ibrahim, yeah. oh, do you want to um, do one I'm thing? Sorry, do you want to log out and come back in no, again? No, no. Oh. You know what you no, should do? You should, con- you should connect your internet by like Elan to directly Direct instead of using yeah, yeah, instead of Wi-Fi. Plug in. Let me try to do that. Yeah. Okay. 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 Is he? Give me 10 you're minutes. in New York. Or two, less than two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. 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 yeah sure. 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 Take your time. I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna tell you something, Ali, while we wait. But um, isn't he in New York? Yeah. 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 Okay, we have connection. We have people from Middle East with better connections. I know. Uh, it's like uh, <laughs> this happened. Remember that I was going through a phase like I'm in Toronto, and we were going through a time when I was having really, really tough like connection issues. Yeah, I but think he, it happens sometimes. He, okay, here's a here's a what Muslims will tell you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they well, I mean, they used to say this. Uh, that the reason why God didn't send obvious miracles, right? You know, if if the Quran had one line, one line said, for example, light is the fastest thing in the universe, right? It would make sense then. And now we would be like, oh my God, look what the Quran said, right? Uh, it would be such an easy line to add, right? Yeah, yeah. The thing, yeah. The, the thing people say as a response is that makes it too easy, right? Um, for you to believe in God. Um and, and and I think Muhammad, the stories around Muhammad was also a lot of people demanded better miracles from him. Like, yeah. And he, his excuse was, look at this town next to us that was destroyed. You know what happened to them? They want, they, we, the prophet, their prophet gave them miracles and they didn't believe. And if you see miracles, right, and you don't believe, then you're really fucked, right? So yeah. basically Muhammad tried to make, make this as if they were... As if they were getting, as if this is for their own sake. But like he was trying to, he wasn't giving them crazy miracles like opening the sea or fire coming from the sky. Because if you see those things and still reject God, then God will really punish you. So yeah. he's just giving you a mild miracle, which apparently is also the greatest miracle. So uh, just for your own sake. But um, I don't know, but, but this this kind of stories in the uh, around the Quran sometimes make me think like you know how people say like well none of these stories is proven to be true like there is not much in history about Muhammad and his life that is proven right mm-hmm. but and that's true but these stories makes me sometimes think like they must it is likely that there's some truth to these stories because if it was completely based on nothing, they would just add uh, crazy miracles in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
like Muhammad, I mean, they, like they did with the Shakul Kamar when the moon got cut in half. Like there would be way more of that. It wouldn't be like people doubting Muhammad or like, how could you think that dead people will ever be alive? How could you like Muhammad just being, I'm not going to give you miracles because this and that. It would be like everybody believed in him right away. And he just made camels coming out of the ground and things turned into gold and shit like that, right? I don't know. It would be way more of that stuff instead of him keep on making excuses for why he's not giving them miracles. That's why I think maybe, I don't know if this is a right way of thinking about it or not, but maybe there's, there's more truth to the story than, than not all, all of but the I, details, right? I think because, that that actually makes, uh, it, it makes it more sort of endearing and compelling. I think that you know the point that Ibrahim was making that really, but were they really that smart in the art of storytelling to say like at the at, at that time to think like we could add miracles, but this would be more endearing and relatable? Like is that how they really thought about I, it? I don't know if they thought that way, but I think hey, Ibrahim, yeah, yeah, this is great. Yeah. I love this. So okay. so but I think that was oh, yeah. what Ibrahim was saying before about it being sort of a little more intelligent. I think the fact that it's unseen it's a little more philosophical you don't have the traditional miracles that are like magic tricks like you know turning sticks into snakes and stuff but you have you do have them but not but muhammad he do, they do mention it in the quran from like all the stuff from moses they do. for the previous ones you do have them but like they, there's no nothing that when it came to muhammad himself and the stuff that he did like he relied on uh, you know poetry like you know the whole thing was like can anybody write a book like the quran a lot, of it was, a lot of it was no no no. a lot of it was actually mind tricks like the jedi mind trick is like have you ever seen a book that's better than this and then you're thinking before that you would have thought i probably have yeah sure but then once he says have you ever seen a book that's better than this and it's like great and everybody's riled up and everybody's adrenaline's going have you seen a book better than this and it's like no no i haven't it's 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 really um, <laughs> No, that, that's how it is. I mean, it's it's a very, very, the, the passion is the, uh, they've made it very compelling. But that's, it's demagoguery. It's actually a very modern way. Let's ask Abraham. Abraham, why do, why do you think that, like, when they, the stories are in the Quran, when they ask Muhammad to give us miracles, instead of just, like, whoever's writing the Quran, just writing, like, and then Muhammad made Houses turn into gold and camels coming out of the ground and cats running and shit like that. And instead of adding that, he kept on saying that, oh, if I show you miracles and you don't believe, then you're fucked. Right? That's yes. why I'm not going to give you miracles. Um, well, that's, that's the superiority. That's why Islam is better than other religions, I think. Because, well, at least... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At least Muhammad, Muhammad is a real person. Jesus... You know, I don't think Jesus is a real person, or Moses, or Abraham, or any of these characters. I think they're fictional characters. Muhammad is a real person, a real historic figure. Actually, that's what I was arguing. Muhammad that's, is. That's what I was arguing. But some people challenge that. Some people say there is no historical proof for the existence of Muhammad. Well, no, no, there I don't is. talk to these people because the historical proof for the existence of Muhammad is the Islamic countries that are in the world today. No, okay. because he didn't. Well, there's, there's, Omar, that was Omar. There's a lot of non-Muslim uh, historians who lived around that time who talked about Muhammad. N no, who, they talked about Muhammad, Muhammad, but none of them met Muhammad. Okay. Now, yeah. unless, uh, by the way, I agree with you guys because I just re reading the stories, they seem so inconvenient. For me, it seems like 
they were real because if they weren't real, they would be more fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I'm saying a lot of historians, like all the countries that were invaded, who did that? Omar did that. And then maybe Moavia did that, right? Yeah. Muhammad didn't do that. And all the historians that say, talk about Muhammad, they never met Muhammad. They heard about Muhammad from all the Muslims that started conquering the other countries. So a lot of people say they're, they're not saying Muhammad didn't exist, but there is no direct proof of but Muhammad. You know what? I think that just going back to the whole miracles thing, I think it's say um, a, a more one of the reasons that and you've actually got me thinking on this that, that when it comes to miracles and doing magic tricks which also appear in the Quran for the other prophets that, that's a more primitive way of being compelling I think a more modern way of being compelling a more sort of contemporary recent ways like Hitler never had any miracles but he had crowds that were massive 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 like huge like the, the, he had the probably some of the biggest crowds I've ever seen on, on, on video for anyone in history. So that classic sort of the populist demagoguery, I think that Muhammad um, may have been one of the first people to debut that. Like we, we didn't really use miracles. He didn't use that. He used rhetoric. He if used he's real, he's one of the smartest entrepreneurs ever. He went from being a shepherd to being a, the husband of one of the richest traders. And then all of becoming a king of, uh, mm -hmm. all Arabia. So, yeah, yeah. you know, that was pretty, that's a very success story. Like if you compare him to Jesus, if both, if both of them were real, Jesus tried to do the same thing. He just mm -hmm. failed. He tried to start a rebellion, but he got crucified instead. Um, and Muhammad basically tried to do the same thing, but he was more successful at what he did. I think if Jesus wasn't crucified, he would like, it would be like a Muhammad. He would like, then he would have his, um, he would start ruling, and once he starts ruling, maybe his attitude would have changed. Jesus did come up with the whole proselytize. Well, I mean, the people after him did. I think they're the ones who did most of the, the work with him. But Ibrahim, yeah, go ahead. What you're saying? Wait. You think Muhammad is real? Why? Ibrahim? I was, yeah, I was saying, I think Muhammad is, uh, like, you know, Jesus is not a real character. Jesus is basically a spinoff that's been you know, uh, repeated over and over. The same idea, the same story has existed in older civilizations before. That's Jesus true. is a myth. For all practical purposes, Jesus that we know of, the guy that can walk on water and that cute stuff, that is not a real person. Muhammad is a real person with a real effect in the world. Muhammad is a military leader, is a political leader, is a tribal leader, uh, with, uh, with, with, with effect that triples through history until today, that is consistent, like, you know, the, the I think that Muhammad is the most influential person who ever walked on planet Earth. The world that we live in today is, is, is shaped by this man who lived in the middle of the desert, you know, what is it, like 1,600 Thir years ago? 1,300 years ago, 1,300 Gregorian. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, our, our, our world is shaped by this guy. So like him or not, to remove that effect, we live in his world. You know, and uh, well, you it, could you know, say I that think, you know. Um, but, but well, Hitler lost, though. Hitler lost his war. Right, right. There's no comparison at all. 
between Muhammad and Hitler. Hitler, how long did Hitler's effect last? Okay, okay but the more, the more Six years? Are you comparing Muhammad to Hitler? That's that's ridiculous. That's okay. ridiculous. Muhammad's effect on the world has lasted over a thousand years. Okay, well, Hitler, I'll compare it to someone years. else. Caesar. I think Caesar had a greater effect on the whole world than, than Muhammad. Because I don't know. Well, Caesar had a big effect in shaping how the world looks like today. Yes. Alexander I, would say, I wouldn't say more than Muhammad. No, the, far, the farther you back it, the farther no, back no, the history, the effect is going to be more because of the butterfly effect. I agree with you and I understand that. But what I'm yeah. telling you is there's none of these people have followers today. None of these people have people today, right. over 1.5 billion humans on planet Earth that think that they are, everything they did mm. is to be, to be repeated, to be emulated, to try to, you know, right. shit, people still enter the bathroom with their right foot because he used to like to do that. It should be the left one. But, um, yes, uh, we were talking about the, the, the littlest details in people's lives. They go, well, Muhammad used to like this. We have to do it like Muhammad. There's nobody in the world that, mm. that people do that with. And, and, and to think that this has happened for, you know, the, as long a time with the, that many people is, mm. I don't think there's anybody. I, mean, I could be wrong. It's my yeah, because people, you know, Jesus might have been real, and then the story, the added stuff from other gods was just added to him, right? So it's possible that there was this Jesus guy that was just a dude that when it started rebellion. Well, there were a lot of people who were crucified by the Romans because they I know, thought they were prophets. Jesus okay? might have been that wasn't just. Yeah. yeah, but Jesus might have been one of them. But Jesus might have been for one no of practical them. purposes. Yeah. I think the compelling thing here is that the Jesus story. Um, his biographical story, which is really all we have, has has been there's a that has happened thousands of years yeah, before. Yeah, I, I agree that no, no, gods, I mean, a lot of them have that, my point is that all these added stories about Jesus obviously were taken from other stories and added to that character, right? But there might have been, I don't know, but there might have been a, a historical Jesus that his a story, real guy, a real guy that all these other stories were added to him, right? Mm-hmm. And this might also be true about Muhammad, because even if Muhammad existed, all of this hadith, all of this, what he did in this battle or that battle, what he said to these people, all of that stuff, they might have been added to his story. Even even Fatima was telling, I mean, the, even the Quran was changed by Fatima. There was an ayah in the fucking Quran that Fatima told Osman to change it because she remembered it differently. Fa- uh, fa- no, not Fatima. Sorry, Aisha. I'm Shia, so I f- always think Fatima first. Um, <laughs> but Aisha cont- c- constantly came up with hadith, hadith after hadith after Muhammad's death, b- based on the political needs. So all of the stories about Muhammad could be ninety percent of it could be made up. We don't know, right? I mean, they might have been real. They might have been made up. So Muhammad could be just just like Jesus. It could be the core guy that was real, and all the stories around him was just added. So uh, well, I'm sure there was a lot that was tagged onto. I think that happens with general, any, even real or fake no, historical figures. I Sorry, I am I am. One of the people the Quran wasn't changed, and if it was, I don't care because we have one Quran now that everybody agrees on. So, for all practical purposes, I'm going to consider it to be what it is. And the Quran is really the most, 
you know, uh, most of the, 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 you know, life of Muhammad has, is, is touched upon in the Quran. So even if you ignore hadith, you still get a very good idea, a very solid picture of what this guy's life was like. He's admonishing his wives. Of, the Quran wasn't in terms of commanding his wives, in terms of Ghazwa, in terms of his wars, his battles. All these battles are, are documented in the Quran. I can, I can, you know, when you read a book and you notice the change of the author's character, you're right. Uh, uh, the Quran, noticeable change of character between the Meccan Quran mm. and the Medina Quran. Uh, I almost know Muhammad from his book. I, mm. he was someone like he had the leanings, like he spoke and he talked like a freedom fighter when he was in Mecca. The book was very like, I like the Meccan Quran is, is good. It's a very like, it's about, it talks about equality, talks about, you know, being nice to orphans. It talks mm -hmm. about, you know, uh, fighting for freedom. It talks about rejecting. It talks about hell, it talks about hell a lot. Religions. No, yeah, I, it does. But I, I think that the, the, I, these are the parts that I like in it. There are th some things that I actually enjoy in the Quran. The things that like, the, I enjoy when, like, all of Quran if you don't believe in it. But go on, yeah. sorry. Well, I, 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 I enjoy like there. It's like almost like think of it as uh, the Iliad, or think of it as yes. as a work of poetry or a work of philosophy, right. and and or, then you'll be able to see like it's like so like for example, there are a lot of there are a lot of like secular values and 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 questioning values in the Quran if you really know where to look. All the Meccan Quran is talking about how the, when the prophets went to their people, they were rejected, and they like people they, well, they were telling, "Well, believe why are you why are you following the religion of your parents and grandparents? Why don't you follow the truth, the concept of truth, and trying to follow the truth?" That's a very secular concept. That's you know so. <clears throat> Uh, there are some parts of it that I like and I enjoy and it resonates with me. And, and like you're talking about like, you know, uh, the story of Abraham, which, you know, for me, when I was a child, I, I read and I, and I, and I, and I, uh, I felt connected to because of my name and he's talking to his father and he's telling his father, dad, why are you, why are you worship this statue that you made with your own hands? Why don't you think, why don't you, like contemplate that you've created this with your hands and now you're worshiping it. So, the, and then you see what happens in the Medina Quran when Muhammad is king, he's effectively a ruler, he's effectively a, a president or a king. And it becomes a more of a legislation, legislative book. And it talks about rules and regulations, what you do in battle, what you do with women. And it's talking about dividing booty, and, and and it's and you can see the change of character in this guy. You can you can sense it in his book that he I, used to. But oh no no I, I'm sorry sorry to drop like the uh, go ahead finish what you're saying. You know, Muhammad is not only real. We have a very good sense of what he thought at different parts of his life from his work that that is that is that is in every house and yeah i i think that there's um i can uh yes keep, you keep getting cut and we don't know when to jump in because we don't know if you stop talking or just no, got cut. we'll figure it out but the i i think that i i i 
I kind of get that because it actually parallels Go the biographies yeah. of a lot of other historical figures. Like this whole idea of people who start off as rebels, like for instance, Gandhi, or the first first communist revolutionaries, right? Who started out as, you know, we're going to rebel against the state and, you know, we're going to go up and we're going to do it. Like Gandhi did it nonviolently. So a lot of his earlier stuff was beautiful. It was like nonviolent protest. We're going to rise up against the man. We're going to stick it to the man. Where the, oh, he's, you know, started off. Come on. Come on. The Quran, the, the Meccan Quran is not a philosophical. No, 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 no. no, no. Wait, 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 Armin. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I'm not comparing that to Gandhi. Gandhi was obviously in the 20th century. Muhammad was no, the not the 20th century. The Greek, thousands of years before the Quran, the Greek talked about philosophy. They talked about ethics. They talked <laughs> about democracy. They talked about no, 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 no. Okay, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm actually talking about something different, Armin. I, okay. I know what you're saying. I'm not I'm making that parallel. Yeah. yeah. The parallel I'm making is the, the human trajectory of people who start out as idealists in the context of their time, and then later on, they become the oppressor themselves. So when Gandhi started out with this whole nonviolent protesting, not like Muhammad, but his own thing, he started out as with nonviolent protests and all of these other beautiful concepts about you know, rebelling against the authority. And very beautiful and basic. And then later on, when he became a statesman, he started. He started basically. He became a typical statesman. He became, he became the same kind of politician that he was fighting against. So in Muhammad's case, which was different, you know, initially he was like the reject, and he was starting up a new religion, and he was blaspheming against the Quraysh, and he was you know standing up to whatever he thought uh, was injustice. And then uh, later on, he became the same statesman and warlord um, and warmonger that he. It was fighting against when he started out. So what I'm saying is that trajectory, that biography, is actually a very, uh, it's it's a very human story. Right. That the, that human that human part of it, the fact that it seems uh, likely, like makes it more likely for the Quran to be based on some true story because it looks like somebody was in, when they weren't in power, they were sweet and nice. And then when they became in power, all of a sudden they became this, the, the verses started to become more about how to rule rather than, Hey, we're so nice. Join our, this little cult that we're starting. Uh, but it seems like it could be based on a real guy, but the fact that the Quran hasn't changed, the Quran hasn't changed after Osman, right? So uh, between, between Muhammad's death and Osman, and people just memorize, it was just orally, people just remember, oh, I remember this verse, I remember that verse. We have no idea how much of that shit was real. But, I mean, well, yeah, it was hearsay. But, it yeah. was literally hearsay. It was, it was hearsay. So a lot of things like changed hadith. between, yeah, well, yeah, people admit that about the Hadith, but people say, but, but the Quran, the Quran hasn't changed. The Quran didn't change after Osman decided to canonize it. He burned shitload of other books that didn't agree with his version of the Quran. And after that, it didn't change. We don't know what happened between Muhammad's death and Osman, right? So, but but I do agree that because of the character development, it might suggest that this, this is based on some true story. But with regards to the Meccan verses, I don't give them that much credit. I enjoy the Quran as a historical document that shows us about the thinking, pro the, what people in this area were thinking at that time. It's very interesting historical document. That's how I enjoy the Quran. But I don't enjoy it at all as a philosophical document or as an ethical document. It's it has nothing, nothing over so much better work of philosophers thousands of years before the Quran was written. 
So one question for you, Armin. Armin, does it is there is there because I I think that one of the reasons because we talk about Nazism and versus like Abrahamic religions, and one of the reasons the Abrahamic religions have outlasted Nazism for so long is because they have good things in them too that people mm. relate to. Yeah, no, it has so, isn't sugar coated bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so one of the one of the questions for you is that: Is there anything when you read the Quran right now? Is there anything in it that you find that's positive? I mean, even we agree that most uh, of, of it. Course, is, okay. It's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It it is. For example, oh, take care of orphans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a good thing. But, but then it's it to bury them. <laughs> it's like if yeah, you can't okay. take care of them, marry them. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I know, I know, but I saw it was my question. A, but the thing is, that's not an ethical breakthrough. Though, uh, if you look at the way ancient Greeks talked about ethics, then you're like, you have to like scratch your head and you have to read it again and you like you ponder on it. Like, now we're going to fucking congratulate the book after it tells, like, oh, go rape women and beat your wife and this and that because it take, tells you, like, oh, by the way, take care of orphans. We think that's like, uh, Worth of congratulating. Oh yeah, yeah, we agree on that. We agree. I know, on that. I know. I'm but when you ask me, is if there's anything good in there? I mean, it, it's really hard to write a book that is 100% shitty. It has to, you know, <laughs> like I really don't know. Like that, sh- that would be a miracle of itself. I but- did this the one thing once. Uh, I may have mentioned it here before. Is that I took um, five quotes from uh, Hitler's Mein Kampf. That right. sounded really good. Like, you know, the, the, uh, just s- stuff about courage and bravery, just really general shit. And I, and I put it up on my, um, I think it was Facebook, and I attributed them to Hazrat Ali, right? The, the, cal- the fourth caliph, first imam. And all these people started liking it, all my like Shia friends and stuff. They're like, oh, you know, it's a beautiful quote from Hazrat Ali. <laughs> and then later I was like, oh, guys, I'm sorry, I got it mixed up. It was actually from Hitler. <laughs> and this was the whole idea that in, even in Mein Kampf, you can find stuff that is good. That is good. Like you know, one thing I always liked about the crowd, the thing that actually sold me on it when I was in the times that I did sort of dabble in belief, and I, I, I was never properly religious. Like I think they like you guys. I was always very doubtful since I was a kid. But there were times when I kind of got into it and I tried to find. Out, I was like, what is this thing that everybody around me loves? And um, the thing that really sold me on it was the the concept of zakah which is charity you know it's just a bit of your salary every year goes to to to, to charity and i kind of i like that a lot and to me that just became the crux of it and i think that's what we do when we try to accept these things we take one or two good things well, it's supposed to go to muhammad's family a, a whole shit uh, that's that's a khums thing but the, oh, the, the yeah but that's a shia thing but the zakah, zakah itself is just basically general charity and so i held on to that and then i looked around and i realized that that's kind of what people do. People ignore everything and then they take one or two things that they really like and they hold on to it and that becomes Islam for them. Mm. Right? For my dad, for instance, he used to talk about Sharia all the time. He's like, you know, Sharia, this Sharia. And I'm like, Dad, what do you mean by Sharia? He's like, well, if true Sharia was applied, then the Islamic and in a true Islamic state, then it would be just like the United States because Sharia is about free speech and free. Wow. That's, like, shows oh, that's what you mean. 
and and that's why I'm always skeptical of these polls when they ask all these uh, pew poll people, right? And they go and they're like, how many Muslims believe in Sharia? If they ask someone like my dad or most of my uncles in Pakistan, they'd be like, of course I believe in Sharia. It's the same thing as, you know, the freedom of speech and secularism. That's what real Islam is. And they just kind of make it. And it's what David Silverman was saying. is like people just kind of take this God and they make it a projection of themselves. And they think that that's what it is. And that, that's I, I did that with the zakah thing because I was really happy at that time. You know, I like got my socialistic tendencies. You know, you know, well, and nowadays, if you help an old lady across the street, they call you a socialist, right? So, and so but the, I, I, um, I, I think that that really is how this stuff works. And But that's uh, the damaging part of it. That's why, okay, because this whole thing comes with a package of uh, lots of harmful bullshit. And this whole zakat and take care of orphan, it, uh, it, it makes what makes it last, right? So I, this basic sugarcoating, it's the reason why all of the damaging parts have survived for so long. So I don't see these good parts as a good thing. These good parts of it is the curse that it's the sugar coating around the poison pill that has lasted for 1,400 years. No, disagree. Okay, disagree. Because what you're describing is something that's designed to be that way, and I don't think it was. I no, think no, what happened that's is not, it's not by that. design. It's by, it's, by, it's, by selection. it's by meme selection. Yeah, it yeah. survived because of it, not because there was no genius sitting like, I'm going to add this because it's going to make it survive. No, there wasn't some pe- genius people that decided that this is this, they're going to add this. It's just, it's the, Islam is a meme and it survived in competition to other memes because of um, mm-hmm. unnatural but, selection. Hey, Ibrahim, God, finish what you were saying. I, yeah, I wanted to hear what Well, but it also, let's not forget that it's all, other than being it a meme, it's also an effective system of governance yes i agree that has stood the test of time i agree unfortunately and, yes and, and that system has been implemented in the quran as well so there's there's the spiritual part agree with it or not and then there's also the legislative part mm-hmm. that has been effective for more, more than any other you know ruling system in in, in recorded history Right, but that doesn't make it a good thing so, just because it's effective at government. It makes it an effective thing. It makes it a real thing that 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 we have to deal with. Yes, and, I agree. and we have to give it. We have to give it. An, if you want to beat it, you have to know how to deal with it, and you have to exactly. give it credit for the good things that it, that it does. No, no, okay, so, no, I, I, you just lost me. I was agreeing with you until you said good thing. Just because strength does not mean good. I give it credit for its strength. I give it credit for strength its... Strength does not mean good. I think strength means good. No, if an evil thing could be very strong, then an evil thing, the stronger it is, that makes it worse. No, you well, can... You have to, but yeah. strength itself is a good thing. Maybe we want to get some of the, you know... No, we could have uh, a very strong virus. No, but <laughs> Armin, going back to what you were saying about a lot of the imams, right? Like mm-hmm. the... Like, I think what they're saying is that to have strength, like, you know, you said that there are certain things you admire about them, even though you disagree with everything they say, right? And that thing that you kind of, I, I think that you'd admire about these people, I guess you could call it strength, you could call it consistency, you could call it something that is... Um, no, I, I admire their, their passion, but when Islam, for example, cancer cells could be very strong. And I could 
I can give credit to the I can understand that they're very strong when they we're trying to battle. As, as, as an oncologic pathologist, I gotta say I totally admire cancer cells. I am <laughs> I, I, I like I'm like I'm not worthy. This is the shit. Like this stuff these things can do is like they're fucking No, I mean once you understand how cancer cells once you understand how cancer cells work, you 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 become very interested and you might be like, Wow, this is amazing. You might become very passionate about understanding how cancer cells work. But that doesn't mean that the strength of a cancer cells is bad for us. Right? So here's where, where I'm at with this. I think that this whole thing with kind of we haven't said the R word here. The R word is uh, Armin's least favorite word, Ibrahim. Um, it's called it's it's reform. Okay. So <laughs> Oh, and here, 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 so, what's the R word? I was getting nervous for a second. <laughs> the R word is reform. So, hey. and, and we're, we're kind of running out of time. We're almost at two hours. So I'm gonna. This is a, this yeah. is a lot of fun. You gotta go to bed. Have work tomorrow. I'm just, yeah, I know. I know. We're gonna. So we'll, let's wrap up in the next five, five, ten minutes. But you can't give. You can't start. You can't start a topic about reform okay, and okay. just say okay. we're gonna wrap it Armin, up in five minutes. Armin, okay, listen. We did the whole thing with the Muslim definition. We've talked about reform so many times on this. You want to talk sure you, about reform, and I can. Re- 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 but I will just summarize, uh, <laughs> Ibrahim. I will summarize uh, uh, what uh, my position on it is. And what Armin's is really, really quick. Uh, and Armin, correct me if, if I'm wrong, but let's not dwell on it too much. Okay, okay. I, I want to let Ibrahim have the last word. Yeah. Uh, and also, we need to talk about some events coming up. Yes, yes. We, we'll do that at the yes. end. So, so the thing with the reform is that, you know, so one thing that Armin and I completely agree on is that the reform approach of reinterpreting the Quran right? And taking this verse, okay, this word actually means this, actually means, you know, to kiss your wife and, you know, all this stuff. That stuff, I don't think is convincing to the people who need to know it the most. I mean, the people we talked to, we had the uh, Tanya Joya, who was the ex-wife of uh, the ISIS general, John George Lewis, was the white Christian guy who yes. later became a Zahiri, which is became a very, very big linguist. He knows everything inside out. If you tell him that actually means to hit the road or something, he would laugh in your face. Okay, so would Baghdadi, right? So yeah. I don't think that, that that part of reform I am utterly unconvinced by, and so is Armin. Now, part of reform that I do think makes sense and that I fully support is creating a place like, like Muslimish, like creating a place for everybody to come in. And this includes everybody from conservative Muslims to liberal Muslims to ex-Muslims and apostates and uh, firebrand people like Armin saying whatever he wants to say and you saying what you want to say and everybody being able to have that conversation so that's muslim reform so i I would the way i'd phrase it is that i don't subscribe to islamic reform i subscribe to muslim reform we we don't no 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 we don't disagree i always say you can reform muslims you can't reform islam yeah yeah so we don't um, disagree on that i don't I don't hate the R word. I hate it when you use it on Islam. I say you can use it on Muslim. You can reform Muslims. You can't reform Islam. Okay. And by, by Islam, we specifically mean that, you know, as it's, you know, in its canonical texts, right? So, um, you can't reform, can yeah. reform white wife beating. You can't reform Nazism. Yeah, you have to get rid of Nazism. So, you can't reform Islam. So the other thing, but we can reform the way that Muslims think. Now, in my opinion, that includes people changing the definition of what the word Muslim means over time, even in 100 years if it happens. And it starts with rejecting infallibility. And I think that people, once they are open to the idea of rejecting infallibility, even if they don't immediately infect, in, 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 uh, adopt that. It's just an excuse for not examining the Quran. Yeah, but I... That's to, an excuse for not, not, not sure. thinking critically about... Uh, yeah, go on. Yeah. To, to, whatever it is, I, I think that 
um, if they are at least open to the idea that even if they demote it from it's the infallible word of God to, well, it's divinely inspired. And some of these things were maybe put in between Muhammad and Usman, and maybe that's not real, but most of it is at least inspired, and we can use it as a guide rather than rather than a, 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 an infallible kind of text. Even if it gets demoted to that point, I, I actually think that that's a good thing. I think that's a better argument than actually reinterpreting the different words in the actual parts of the scripture. So that's kind of our sort of overall position uh, how I think about it, how Armin thinks about it, I think I got most of what he was saying and he cleared it out there too. Um, how do you feel about reform? The whole idea of... I don't think you can reform Islam. Oh, honestly. yay! That's but uh, I would like to let people who want to try to reform Islam try to reform Islam. So okay. I personally don't uh, think you can it, reform Islam. Yeah, But yeah. I would like people, to, if they want to try to reform it, I want to help them. Okay, I agree with you on that, but I don't understand when people say we have to let people reform Islam. How can we stop? How like like does nobody is making the argument to go to reformists and put a gun on their head and telling them to stop trying to reform Islam, right? Nobody. I mean, well, show me one you, you, show, show me one person that doesn't agree with reforming Islam that is saying that we have to force these reformers to stop reforming Islam. That's why I don't understand that when people say we have to let people try to reform Islam. Who is forcing them not to? Who is not letting them? But is the point is, will you help them? I think what Ibrahim's saying is that he would actually, he's not going to stop them, but he would actually go beyond it and actually help them try to yes. achieve that goal. Yes. Okay. Well, when you say help them, a lot of these reformers, Muslims, uh, they have other goals that I will help them with, right? Like a lot of a lot of these reformist Muslims are fighting for free speech. I will help them with that. A lot of the reformist Muslims are fighting for equal rights for women, for gay rights, for all like lots of this. I will help them with those things. But if they're yeah. telling people this word that is saying "beat your wife" actually means tickle your wife, I will tell them <laughs> I'm not going to lie to people. Okay. You could go ahead and lie to people. I'm not going to lie to people. So no, I would not help them with that. Can I, can I, let me speak on this because this is actually something that I've changed my position on. Okay. Uh, Ibrahim, you get the last word. After this, we're going to go to the events. Armin, we're going to have to restrain ourselves. Okay. <laughs> It'd be good. Uh, I, it's still one of my biggest pet peeves that, you know, when someone tells me, doesn't mean like it says to beat. I know it says to beat anybody who speaks Arabic knows it says to beat. but you know, if you look at it this way, it doesn't mean to be. So I don't need to look at it like with my head tilted. And, uh, but here's the thing and it used to bother me, but here's the thing. Is it helpful or not? Does it make the world a better place even, let's say, does it make it a better place for one person? If someone thinks that, or, and tells someone else, well, it doesn't really mean to beat, as long as I have the opportunity to say my opinion, as long as I have, have the ability to say, well, actually, it I think it doesn't say to beat, the word is clear, it says, anybody who speaks Arabic can, can read that. You can... I just want my chance to be my space to be able to say this. And if someone else wants to his space to say, well, I would prefer to look at it this way, 
that's another positive point of view that can have a positive effect on someone's opinion or life. Yeah. And that's really all I have to say about that. Okay. So, so we know, I just want to say for the record, I know that Armin disagrees with this. I know Armin... The negative is more than the positive. The negative is not critically looking at the Quran and rejecting the whole thing. So okay. there, there, even if there's a positive, the negative is more. That, that's all I say. Go <laughs> <laughs> okay, Armin, you got it in. There you go. But, so, um, Ibrahim, we're going to end this. I want to talk about um, Muslimish. When is it? So I... I I love your events. I love going there and speaking to them. I, I want more and more people to come out to them. Um, I know that they've been fairly sizable, but I think that they could be a lot more sizable because I think the kind of stuff that you guys talk about, um, there, there's a huge audience for it. There's a lot of other people that would really benefit from it. The last event you had in December uh, that both Alishba and I were at was at the um, Center for Humanistic Judaism, actually, in it's a beautiful building. Actually, it doesn't have Judaism in the name anymore. It, no, uh, it's called Secular um, Humanist, Humanist something. That's great. See, gotta, you don't need... David Silverman's going to be very think, happy about that. Uh, see, you don't <laughs> need... Doesn't, they don't have the name, the, the, the word human, Judaism in the new title. That's but progress. You don't need secular Islam. You need just secular. That's all you need, for example. Yeah. So go ahead. So yeah, I was gonna like really like wanted to like say that we're gonna have two events coming up. Uh, one is gonna be in Boston at the, at the Humanist Hub at Harvard University, and on April 29th, that's the Sunday. Ali, you're gonna yes. be there. I you're am gonna be, gonna be there. Uh, so I have. I was actually going to see if that conflicted with my Netherlands trip, but no, I'm going to the. I'll be back from the Netherlands at least like 10 or 15 days before that. So um, yes, I, I will be there. So that's going to be a smaller event. We're only going to have like, it's going to be, you know, between one and four for us. It's going to be part of the Humanist Hub program, but we're going to get, you know, uh, the time period between one and four. Uh, but the other big event that we're having is the Muslimish Conference. We've had a conference every year now since 2012, no, since 2013, uh, with the exception of one year. Uh, last year we've had two conferences, one in New York and one in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, 2018, we're going to have the, our big conference is going to be again at Hunter College, the same location we had it last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're building a really good relationship with with Hunter. It's 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 really happy. I'm very happy with it, and it's very encouraging. And uh, I have to put a shout out also for uh, a group that has helped us a lot uh, is Footsteps, uh, which is a group for. Uh, people who left ultra-Orthodox Judaism. We find that people who have like been in ultra-Orthodox Judaism uh, have very similar problems to people who come from Muslim background. And uh, they have, you know, been through, you know, because, we, you know, we're, we're, we're a volunteer group and we really don't have a lot of experience. All of us are just doing this because we want to do it. So it's good to see what others have done and learn from it. And... Uh, so yeah, it's going to be June 23rd. Uh, it's going to be a Saturday all-day event at Hunter, and we will be up, and, and Ali is going to be joining us. And I also just, uh, I'm happy to say that Maryam Namazi is going to be attending as well. She's going to be our keynote speaker. The oh, conference wow. yeah. in, uh, 
this in, in, in June. So the, the, the event in Boston in, on, on April 29th is going to be about building communities. It's going to be an attempt to try to, uh, to start a, a Muslimish group in Boston. And the Muslimish conference on June 23rd in New York City, that's going to be under uh, uh, in cultivating arts, uh, I think it's encouraging sciences and building communities. Mm-hmm. It's about arts and science. So this is the first conference we're going to have that's going to be focused on encouraging the arts and sciences, uh, which I think is a, is a missing piece that has not been, you know, done, which we, you know, so we like to do what's not being done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that was like, you know, I have to give a shout out to like everybody in the executive board in Muslimish, Jinan Raouf, who came up with this idea and she uh, really has been phenomenal. In, oh, yeah, in, yeah, she's you great. Know. She's uh, great. Yeah, and, uh, yeah uh, and also, you know, so, so she came up with the idea of, and I think almost every year she helps us uh, solidify for what is the theme of the conference going to be about. And this year we decided it's going to be about cultivating arts, encouraging the science, and building communities. Uh, so Maryam Namazi is going to be our keynote speaker. She's going to speak in our, uh, because she's the one, she's, she helped so many communities around the world for people who have left Islam and, uh, and secular communities. And I think it's going to be amazing. And Ali, of course, you're going to be there, right? And Arban, I hope you can join us as well. Uh, it's, 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 to me, it's a, it's a once a year event and we get to, uh, we get to meet each other. We get to have a party. We get to, uh, yeah, it's we get to celebrate with each other. It's it's uh, it's it, it means a lot to me. I I would say first of all, it's a blast, and not that kind of blast, guys. So don't don't freak out. <laughs> um, and uh, the other thing I wanted to say, I was I actually did meet the people from Footsteps at the uh, D- Detroit conference, and then we uh, just a couple of episodes ago, we had uh, um, Ari Hershkowitz, yes. who, was, yes. who was yes, yeah, who was featured in. Uh, the Netflix documentary, One of Us, and he he was actually on the on on this podcast a few episodes ago. And if you guys want to check that out, please do check that out, and you'll see Ibrahim's point. So footsteps actually helped him get out of his Hasidic Jewish uh, uh, Jewish community, and he speaks about it at length. And there really are a lot of parallels with um, what ex-Muslims go through. Ari, as well, Ari so. is now actually the. Uh, head of the for events of um, Atheist Republic consulates in New York, and he's st- setting up events there. So that's pretty good too. So he's I making that. That, with, that made me very happy. That's yeah, nice. excellent. But, uh, can you send? Can you give us the um, uh, the link for people to find about the event is uh, Muslimish dot org. Um, Muslimish dot org. And then you there's a conf. The, Click on the conferences tab. Right now it says more details to be announced, but uh, yeah, main, we don't. We don't have it yet. <laughs> yeah, but, but we have we have those from our past conferences. If uh, anybody wants to see that, get an idea about. But we have yeah, a if very wide range of topics. Right. But but the main thing is that it's June twenty third, two thousand eighteen, in New York, and there's um uh, you can see some YouTube videos of their past events as well uh, there as well. Uh, once the w- when the audio version of this podcast comes out on YouTube and podcast apps and iTunes and everywhere, we will have a link to the two thousand eight conference link. Um, actually, I'll I'll make the link to the main homepage of Muslimish so that. 
even if you listen to it, just go to the website and click on the conferences tab. I just want to make sure that I put a link that will always be relevant so that if somebody's yes. listening to this after the event, the link is still a relevant link. Just once you go to the homepage, just click on conferences and the information is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and hopefully it will always be relevant because we will always have a conference. We're yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. Uh, and anything we can do, uh, Ibrahim, because I, I told you, and I've said this before here, and I told Nura this as well. I, the Muslimish conference is actually, I, the, I've, I've spoken a lot in a lot of places. It's actually my favorite conference to go to, just because of the crowd, the people there. I mean, again, this last thing, you know, there, there were people like Janan, there were people like um, Footsteps. Uh, all, all of these sort of people come together. I think you had the the Lebanese ambassador to. Wow. Yeah, you had um, and uh, all of them, and you know, he was sitting there. He was listening to all of us talking. He was listening to our ideas, and I think that that uh, the the crowd that That's you crazy. get, the speakers that you get, are actually really, really fantastic. Um, the fact that so many sort of seemingly disparate groups come together and then they exchange ideas, it really is what it mm -hmm. what it means. So. I mean, um, I, I think you guys managed to um, like feel like a niche area that is very important because like a lot of the ex like, for example, the Lebanese ambassador probably wouldn't go to an ex-Muslim event. Right. If it was yes. because that would probably look bad back at home. Right. But yes. Muslimish is it's an inclusive name. It's a great name, too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that's, yes, and I want to say that, you know, can I mention something else? This yeah, yeah, name, please. Muslimish, the person who came up with that name, her name is Sid Leroy. She used to work in CFI and she's awesome. And I, you know, I miss her so much. I don't know, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't do like work for nonprofit so organizations I, anymore, but she was amazing. Nice. Well, shout out to her. But I think you guys are filling a very important area that nobody else is. So good job on that. Uh, and I hope you keep growing and growing and let us know how we can help. And, and people, make sure you check it out. Yeah, Ibrahim, man. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, I love the, <laughs> I actually enjoyed this. Actually, I yeah. know that it was like crazy. We, we probably spent a lot of time trying to define Muslim, but hopefully everybody's going to listen to this and have their own definition. Yeah, comment. I'm Please kidding. Comment. I'm, kidding. I'm just bugging. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no, I, I think this is serious. You guys, if uh, we had, no, that wasn't just a one disagreement. We had lots of disagreements and that, that makes it more fun. And if you guys agree with Ibrahim or disagree or with me, just comment. I will make sure to read your comments uh would be very interesting to see what people think yeah 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 so um anyway ibrahim thanks a lot yeah you know i love you man i've known you for years and years and years i love all the work you do i'm super super inspired um and uh, i'd i'd love to have you back on here anytime and just talking i'm looking forward to hanging out let me know when yeah man okay <laughs> yes Take yeah, care. it's gonna be fun right it will be the Secular Jihadists have been made possible thanks to the Illuminati and the covert support of Israel and the CIA. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. If you like what we do, please support us. Share the podcast with your friends, write and tweet us with topic and guest suggestions, or head over to secularjihadists.com and give a dollar or more for exclusive access to live video. Have your questions read and answered on the air and more. Till next time, may the flying spaghetti monster be with you.